If we could talk about time Adam Watch a film today James We'd explain all the plots that confused you Scott And we'd say Welcome to Time Travel Film Club Hello everyone from the past, present and future. My name is James Donnelly and thank you so much for listening to this special bonus episode of Time Travel Film Club. Sadly, Scott Hamza decided to go hunt deer with some Republicans and got caught in the crossfire. (laughs) We are here to take you through a weird, wild and thoroughly wedding-y journey through some of the most romantic and definitely not problematic time travel films throughout our timeline. No, I'm bleeding out. Did you hear something, James? No, I heard nothing. No. Joining me as always, I have Adam Hedges, a man whose clock gene works perfectly normally, thank you. Adam Hedges, how are you? I'm good. What's a clock gene? It's something we'll come to later. It regulates your sleep. And, of course, also joining me, a man who, well, isn't joining us because he's in the forever sleep. Scott Hamza. Oh, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's going so badly for me. Oh, it's like I can almost hear his voice. I'm the Henry of this world. (laughs) Today, we will be taking you through not one, but two films in which Rachel McAdams has a temporally displaced husband. They are 2013's About Time and 2009's The Time Traveller's Wife. So, Adam, do you want to explain to the audience why it is that we are looking at two films today, both featuring Rachel McAdams? Because I'm in love with Rachel McAdams, and that's the reason we've done this. (laughs) Okay, that's the reason, audience. Adam is a simp for Rachel McAdams. Just for you. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's a kind of like loosely... I said this recently to a friend who looked at me and was like, what do you mean well-known? I was like, oh, it's well-known in time travel circles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, classic time travel circles. (laughs) Very well-known circles. I was like, it's... I mean, if you go onto the internet and you type in Rachel McAdams time travel, there's a lot of people who have cottoned on to the fact that Rachel McAdams has been in a lot of time travel films. Uh, she also has like the added thing of the fact that she doesn't do much time traveling in these mm. films. I, you know, I mentioned these films. It's not just the two we're doing today about time and the time traveler's wife. There's also Doctor Strange has some time travel in it. Yeah. There's uh, Midnight in Paris has some time travel in it. Um, for for lack of not getting into Marvel movies and for not getting into Woody Allen movies, I think we've chosen really well. I think we've chosen the two two best of the of the options and two mm. very similar movies in terms of theme. It's very much she falls in love with a man who can time travel, and in terms of a bunch of scenes, there's loads of scenes in this that are really similar. So yeah, it's just a, an interesting one. Okay, and where did we watch both of these films? I watched them on. I don't know why I'm like confused about where I watched them on. <laughs> Amazon. Oh, I know why I'm confused. So I watched them on Amazon Rental, not Prime Video. This is a cool. thing that I, I had a listener say to me recently that like we say Prime Video a lot and it's not Prime, the, the subscription service where you get free movies. It is just available for rental on Amazon. So I rented both of these films on Amazon. I also watched Amazon Video as well, but only for Time Traveler's Wife because About Time was on Netflix. Yeah, you've been had there. I don't have Netflix. No. I, I, I just recently, I just decided well, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I don't care. I'll be honest, the price of Netflix for a month, I understand. Apple TV, uh, can I just, uh, not to make this like a let's talk streaming platforms moment, but Apple TV, I got a free thing for three months and it is so good. There's that it makes so you, much good stuff on Apple TV. It makes you delete Netflix. The subliminals yeah. have got me. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, I would like to take a quick moment to thank the wonderful Emma Hedges for lending her anthemic voice to our theme song. And honestly, whenever anybody gives me feedback about the show, the first thing they mention is the music. 
Oh yeah, uh, we we like unfortunately it was one of the last things we did, so we couldn't <laughs> thank her like in episode one like we should yeah. have done. But uh, incredible! What an incredible voice! You said you're in love with Rachel McAdams. Adam, I'm in love with your wife. Cool, we can swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that makes it sound like he has uh, Rachel McAdams. Have, yeah, I've got no, Rachel. I'm fine. On work, I'll, yeah. You know, she'll understand that too. She'll understand. And, uh, it's a, a genuinely like it's one of my favorite things to have ever come into existence on this planet is that theme song. So uh, thank you so much, Emma. Speaking of people giving us feedback, thank you very much for all those who have responded and given us a review on uh, Apple Music or Five Stars on Spotify. It's really, really helpful. Thank you for that. Where else can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club or you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. Or you can hop into a Reddit message board on r slash Time Travel Film Club. Or send us an email to timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. Okay, and now I think it's time we get into this with the first part of the episode, About Time. The first of the two films that we're talking about today, About Time, is a 2013 romantic comedy written and directed by Richard Curtis, who is famous for basically every British rom-com, including Love Actually and also various beloved TV shows such as Black Adder, Mr Bean and The Vicar of Dibley. Starring, we have Donald Gleeson, son of Brendan Gleeson. He's playing Tim. We also have, of course, the eponymous Rachel McAdams, oh. who in this film is playing... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that might happen a lot. I apologise. The reason we're here today. And in this film, she is playing Mary, which, weirdly, is also the name of Tim's mother. We also have Bill Nighy as the father James. Great name. And Tom Hollander as troubled playwright and friend of James. Also in this, we have Margot Robbie, who is just about in her breakthrough year. This is the same year, I believe, as Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, really? I believe so. Is it? Yeah. I didn't, I mean, it totally makes sense now that you say it, but uh, she's so much like a an ex-neighbours actress in yeah. this film. She looks so much less polished and less... I get it. I mean, I know that Wolf of Wall Street was like her big coming out party to the world. Um, I had no idea she was in this, by the way. Uh, uh, you know, not to not to get into things prematurely, but this is the first time I'd ever seen About Time. Oh. I had no idea that Margot Robbie was in Same. it. I was delighted I, to see her. I have watched it several times before this, I think, and could not remember she was in it. So, I mean, it's obviously as you say, her kind of breakthrough moment was this year, so that makes sense why I wouldn't have picked up on it before. The film opens with a series of scenes of Tim's early life as he voices over both the good and the bad. God, the British accents are so strong. <laughs> it's a British film. Yeah. It is so, and it's like upper middle class British, like mm. Tory-esque accents. <laughs> they are like, especially Tim. My God. I mean, like we all know Donald Gleeson, lovely Irish accent. Seen him in many things with his lovely Irish accent. Seen him in many things where he does English accents that aren't this kind of rigid mm. and pronounced. And, you know, I don't know what it is. At one point, I thought before Rachel McAdams uh, uh, comes onto the screen, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe she's going to be doing a British accent as well, because you know who knows? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a, like Ethan Hawke in, in Predestination, where you're like, oh, they maybe tried to get him to do an Australian accent, they said no, or the Australians end up doing American accents, and so I thought, well, maybe, maybe you know, if if Tim is doing one, maybe Rachel will do one, a mixed mm. fictional no. and non-fiction. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. yeah. Not, not an attempt at all. Even Bill Nighy, you know, like a very kind of, you know, it's not even a Cornish accent. Spoiler, they're in Cornwall. It's not even like a Cornish accent. They are like, it's just a very RP and kind of like droll, especially from Tim, kind of like droll, but right up top, boom. And I live 
in these aisles. <laughs> I hear, <laughs> I hear English, but you know, it's very rare. I know this film came out what uh, uh, almost a, a decade ago yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, very British, right up top, in your face. Tim is at this point still living with his family, which includes his mother, father, sister, who is called Kit Kat for the majority of this film. And I just accept that, I suppose. Yeah, Suits sure. her character. That's yeah. Not... Say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why she's... Yeah. Um, and she is, of course, also his favourite person in the whole world. And then the strange addition of a very lovable but completely useless uncle, I believe on his mother's side, Uncle Desmond. What, mm. what did we think of Uncle Desmond? I figured the only reason he's there is because he's a male in the family who doesn't have the time-travelling thing because he's from the mother's side. But he's kind of this sweet character that that kind of... There's, there's some moments later on that I'm sure you'll cover, James, that are, are kind of like just nice. It's like a Richard Curtis thing. It me. is just very like much Des, a Richard Curtis. Uncle, Uncle Des is yeah. just like this mildly affable, bumblingy, obviously suffering with dementia in some regard, but like this, this bumblingy... Britishy guy, you know, not that they needed more of that, but you know, just chuck him in there because it's just more sort of like light rom com y stuff. I'm pretty sure I haven't watched Notting Hill or Four Weddings in the last, you know, 10 years, but I have seen them both and I'm pretty sure you could find like mildly bumbling y. It's a bit like the dad in Bridget Jones, actually. Mm, um, yeah. That kind of like very British and kind of detached from reality. So British he can't imagine what real life is like. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But interestingly, there are a few conspiracy theories online as to why he might be suffering with his memory issues, okay. which feature around the fact that he lives with a time traveller who keeps changing things. So, of course, <laughs> yeah. he can't remember what's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After seeing their happy seaside, or as you called it, Scott, Tory lifestyle, <laughs> we learned that... And this is one thing I'm very, very worried about talking about this movie, is the amount of things you're going to find out. Scott thinks a lot of things are Tory. Yeah. <laughs> but we do learn that the worst part of Tim's life is New Year's parties. Can I make a statement right here? This is a weird party. It's a is it a family party? Because the family are there, but everyone is under like twenty four. It's Cornwall. It's, That's the only oh, thing is that things are very. It's very a Tory weird. party, isn't it, Scott? It's this a, is what this is about. <laughs> well, can you see any orphans being hunted? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, but no, like it's very, like I know that Cornwall is like a weird place. Devon is a weird place. Like Devon, people, my father in law lived in Devon for a long time, and I think that's part of his weirdness. It's like a weird part of the country. I obviously think that things are weird when you know I'm from London. When I see people talking to their neighbours, it strikes me as very odd. Let alone having your New Year's Eve party with them. But no, it's like somewhere in between, like a Freshers' Week party, a private school house party at the yeah. age of sixteen, but also your fifty-year-olds have had too much alcohol kind of party. Yeah. Uh, hence the Mr. Brightside. Blaring away, yeah, yeah. maximum volume. Yeah, put can it we is tell me if you want to do it later on? But can we talk about the music in this movie? Because at the same party, they play all the things she said by yep. Tattoo. Yeah, do you remember the notoriety yeah. that film had yeah. when we were? Oh my god! Oh my god! They're lesbians. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. god! They've made a song. They're also sisters. You, I didn't <laughs> know lesbians the... could sing. That was that was how <laughs> the when we, it was what two thousand and two, two thousand and three yeah. maximum. Did yeah. it then not turn out as well that that was all a bit forced? Like it was that all. Was all... Marketing, yeah, I think, just yeah. marketing. Yeah. Really Worked weird, though, didn't it? Got us talking about it. Great song, by the so, way. Yeah, great love song. That song Still by was, yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm not gonna, but I love that song. I, well, no, I know. Wait one second. <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to that, Scott. Let's just do. Let's do the whole song now, Scott. We've got time. Don't worry about I it. Can do both roles. Um, no, I, it's a. The whole movie has this kind of like spread of 
like 1990s up until the making of this movie music and a lot of it kind of took me out of it because a lot of it is famous music uh, as opposed to other like Palm Springs for example great music we all liked it and yet it never kind of takes you out because it's not chart toppers like True. Mr. Brightside so I don't know how I felt about the music in this film I f it felt a little bit like in between us movie-ish for me oh yeah mm -hmm. that's a great pull yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah but you know Tattoo Come on, what a great, yeah. I'm, I, all that one for me, hands down, is just make me hear that song again. Love it. The finale of this scene is we get to witness just how awkward a person can be with a failed handshake instead of kiss moment. And then we cut straight to the morning after. I, I feel a bit like Richard Curtis probably said to Domhnall Gleeson, you're, you're Hugh Grant in this film. <laughs> you're, the, you're the ginger Hugh Grant. Yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. awkward and you're bumbling. Just make that happen Jesus, for me. Ginger Hugh Grant. Ginger it Hugh feels Grant. like you've just like I'm put sure down read... two Uno cards yeah. and reverse flipped it. I'm me. sure I read somewhere that one of the reviewers on this described Domhnall Gleeson as the ginger Hugh Grant. I'll have to try and take that back out. But yeah, I'm sure that was a thing. I mean, for the love of God, Tim, kiss the girls. Yeah. Like, as a just as a motto it. for life, your dad teaches yeah. you some good ones later on. But I'm I'm, yeah. te I'm telling you as an audience yeah. member. Kiss the girls, bro. She doesn't want anything from that either, as we find out in a minute or two. She just wants a New Year's Eve kiss. She just, that was all. Everybody she is just... kissing everybody at this also, party. That party is a herpes breeding <laughs> zone. Can I? Just, yeah, I would. Even if my significant other was there, I'd be like, do you want to like go outside so that we don't get any saliva, any yeah, of this yeah. collateral damage? Everyone is like aggressively necking, silhouettes <laughs> of necking 45-year-olds. Oh, I don't want to do it. Tim should feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next scene in a classic TTFC move, we get to witness the uh, antagonist of the film's father, which is Bill Nye in all of his glory, uh, did everything all first. Daddy done it first. Daddy done it first. He, Daddy done it first. And you don't hate him for it. You That's really the surprise don't. No. here. Tim doesn't hate him for it. He's quite happy about it. I think, by the way, that the, the the blow is softened when you find out, oh, no, it's all of my ancestors. It's not like just my dad and he hid the secret and he's very special. He hid the secret. And when he found, oh, all the men in the family, which, I mean, I know it's 2013, saying all the men in the family. And at no point does either one of them say like, and this is why it's not the women. <laughs> like, yeah. No one, no, no yeah. one's just like, why not the women? Kit Kat gets very close at one point. Yeah. But she still doesn't approach the thing of like, yeah. why not the, like, what's going on here? I also, <laughs> but, I also like in that sequence, he's kind of taking him through the ancestors that have done it and each of them have fucked it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone's <laughs> colossal. Like, a good like, spread well, of reasons as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it does kind of round into the whole film's vibe of, don't do it for personal gain, just do it for the happiness of it. Yeah. Which his dad then goes on to explain some of the rules. Mm. So he tells him that you can travel back into your own timeline, sort of anywhere along that you can remember, which means I'd be out of luck because I remember none of my life for whatever reason. Yeah, I'd just be I'd just be jumping back into weird moments like like when I fell off my skateboard when I was seven. I'd be watching Dominic Hornberger eat a leaf. <laughs> you win. <laughs> it's a nice protector, I guess, in that you won't be able to go back to any like wild drunken nights where oh, yeah. you made a fool because you don't remember them fully and so yeah. it, you know yeah. kind of it's a it's a 
I think genuinely in terms of like narratively a nice ring fencing of mm. your idea and a nice kind of protecting it from getting too out of hand. Yeah, it oh, doesn't it doesn't become paradoxical. Or yeah, no like killing Hitler or no anything. Killing Hitler but, and which they really do mention. Clear. He says like uh, uh, kill Hitler or what was the other one? Shag Helen of Troy. Yeah, shag like Helen I didn't Troy. do either of those things. I spent yeah. most of my time on books, which respect. Uh, uh, I wouldn't have tried to shag Helen of Troy either. Uh, I wouldn't have. It'd be really dangerous. I was talking to a, a, a friend about this recently, like. One of my biggest things, if someone like, in, for example, in The Sound of Thunder, I need to know, where are you sending me if you're time traveling me? If someone comes and says, I can send you on a time traveling adventure, Scott, where are you sending me? And where is the insurance document where you protect me from just getting a spear to the heart the second I touch down? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And so I'm not going back to sleep with Helen of Troy, no matter how gorgeous Ancient she is. Ancient Greek VD. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no, oh, exactly. God, yeah. I've already got herpes from the New Year's party. I'm not going to go back <laughs> and get VD. But yeah, I just want to be, I want to be safe. So I'm no, I'm not going to go and kill Hitler because I'll probably get shot doing it. I'm not going to go shag Helen of Troy because Brad Pitt will probably come and, you know. Uh, uh, Good point. Yeah, that did happen. Troy. Yeah. yeah, it did happen. Yeah. Well, speaking of catching herpes, to test this by clenching his fists in a dark cupboard under the watchful eye of an Amelie poster, <laughs> Tim decides to go back in time to his most recent painful memory, failing that kiss. How old is Tim supposed to be at this point in the story? Good question. I think he's I- just turned 21. A poster of Amelie? On his bedroom window? On his bedroom I mean, wall? it's kind of in keeping with his character because there's that whole thing about the Italian oh, song yeah, at the fair, wedding. Mm, so he's yeah, obviously maybe. like hipster, adjacent, kind so, of like he's into his uh, yeah. foreign stuff. Which explains then the Bestival poster also on the wall. Oh. I mean, if you, like, granted, he, he has only just discovered time travel. I can tell you firsthand, if you have access to time travel, you can you can afford to go make the mistake of going to Bestival. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> He gets off with the kiss this time and then comes back to the present to speak with his dad again, where he learns that there doesn't seem to be a butterfly effect, uh, that his dad's gift of using it just for books, books, books is all fine. Money won't buy you happiness. Uh, and then again, they are saying that from their very beautiful Cornish house on the beach. Which, interestingly, real house, obviously, they didn't just make it for the plot or anything. Um, if you were looking for somewhere for us to go, Next time we go away as a group, Scott, uh, oh. you can hire it. I will tell you is how it, much. Yeah, oh. you can hire it. Oh, that's it's, interesting. It's really available. Um, it is uh, five thousand seven hundred and twenty quid for the weekend. Ooh, wow! So it sleeps twenty-one though. Oh wow! So their house sleeps twenty-one. That house sleeps twenty-one. You know what? I've Imagine how many people were shacking do, up that why night. Why do Tories keep getting breaks <laughs> oh, in life? Tories. Oh, why do God. they? This wasn't why I wanted this conversation <laughs> no, to go. I'm, I'm, if you have a 21-bed house, Tory, Lib Democrat, Green Party, I don't care. You don't need time travel. Give it to me. <laughs> That's what I... I uh, but no, it is a gorgeous house. And I guess I, uh, Bestival is in that neck of the woods as well. So it yeah, kind of explains Cornwall, the Bestival poster yeah. as well if it's an on-location so, yeah. house. Very Pro- nice. Probably on the grounds of yeah, that house, to Exactly, be fair. yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, they make... This is like this whole moment is dodging. It's all quite nice and it's well-written and it's well sort of paced in that it's all Bill Nighy giving this very kind of like, oh, I'm just going to talk out the side of my mouth and nothing is really that important kind of mm. thing. Uh, uh, and it's and it's them just setting up these logical parameters for time travel without any aggressive questioning. I mean, they don't, for example, they do not say the words paradox. They do not say the words timeline. They do not say the word. There is no diagram drawn. The convincer chat, because it's uh, between father and son who have a good relationship, surprisingly, considering the time travel films we've covered, 
there is no, the convincer chat is quite light, quite simple and takes five minutes and also is backed up by a very accessible means of doing it. It's mm. not like, okay, son, time travel exists. Now study some metaphysics and, uh, uh, you know, spend, uh, here's a diagram, get your head around all this nuts stuff. No, it's like, no. Go up into a closet and you'll see that I'm right. So it's all really nice. And I think the, the the biggest it gets is that he says at one point, Bill Nye, he says, oh, yeah, I haven't messed up civilization yet. And it's just really calm. Yeah. yeah. And I think just to cement the fact that it's then also a romantic comedy, the very first thing that we hear is that he wants to get a girlfriend. Like Tim's Tim's first thought is, well, OK, if I can't get money, women, which logically then means the next thing to happen is he has to find someone to fall in love with. So we get to meet the cousin of the boyfriend of Kit Kat, Charlotte. The not cu- just Kit Kat's friend. No, the, I just I, glazed I over that, it. Yeah. I was like, the oh, she's cousin's just... It's her boyfriend's, boyfriend's cousin's cousin. friend. No, no. Kit Kat her... is dating a boy and his cousin is, is Charlotte. Charlotte. Right, okay. That's okay. That's not too bad. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, anyone who finds out you've got a 21-bedroom house in Cornwall on the coast is going to try and find a way to get a a summer there. It's also like kind of, I felt like, I know it's 10 years ago this movie, but 10 years ago is not that long. And I was also alive back then. Spoilers. Um, Like, it feels like this whole thing of like spending a summer with an English family is again very like... The railway children. It's very, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an old idea. It's kind of like an ideal, sparkly kind of, of notion of how British life is that definitely does exist for some. Probably definitely in Cornwall for sure. But like, it does feel kind of like weirdly retro and alien for me as someone who like lives in the city, for example, mm. and who's someone who like, I we, you know, you go on holiday, yeah, you go to foreign countries and you go and you do stuff. But like, staying with a nice idyllic family in an idyllic place by the coast for a. For for a summer, there's something very like pims and cucumber slices about it. After a few awkward encounters, fixed by some time travel, Tim then makes an attempt to seduce Charlotte on the last night. She then basically shoots him down and tells him, you've come far too late, try this again earlier. Which, of course, is time travel means that he can do. And she immediately shoots him down again. Very much a kind of fastest gun in the West thing here, where she (laughs) always had an answer prepared for, no, I won't shag you. She shot down a lot of men in her lifetime. I wanted to ask, what did you think of her British accent? Because the minute I saw she was in the movie, I thought, have I ever seen Margot Robbie do British? Obviously, she's Australian, so we're seeing her do American a lot of the time. But what did you think about her British accent? I I thought it was okay. I mean, has she done British accent another british accent somewhere else i feel like she might have now not that i know of i haven't seen the like mm. full filmography but like when no. you think of margot robbie you're thinking yeah. wolf of wall street you're thinking harley quinn yeah across like three four movies she, you're thinking babylon right it now drops Amsterdam. a couple of times like there's a couple of little bits where i'm like oh yeah there's a i can tell that you're definitely from australia a bit there but I th- that i think she's like a quite a good character vocalist is how i would i would place it so when she's intending on doing an accent that's very different to what she does she's good at it like harley quinn's a difficult accent to kind of like keep up and wolf of wall street she's got that kind of like new york kind of twang to her accent she's got a very specific uh, very specific uh, accent in amsterdam as well oh yeah so So, like i think i think she's probably and maybe english is fairly easy to drop into from australian i think i've heard that before as well but yeah i I think it's okay i thought it was good i mean it's like better than any accent i've ever seen benedict cumberbatch do in his (laughs) life so so you're up there (laughs) with this rejection and the summer over 21 year old tim is finally deciding to leave home and like Dick Whittington, is headed to London to make his fortune. He moves to St. John's Wood with a playwright. 
middle class wanker <laughs> can I just say I mean I, you know I'm, I'm I'm jesting but I mean it's very like oh yeah Richard Curtis you think you think life is like this don't you <laughs> this little film fact to drop in there St John's Wood Abbey Road which is in St John's Wood I believe and there's that in the montage he he's like trudging his suitcase mm-hmm. across Abbey Road uh, uh, stumbling across. I don't know if you saw there was a video recently of Paul McCartney walking across the road and a, a cab almost ran him over because <laughs> he's like get out the road old man this is a busy time I've done the the, the, the touristy Beatles photo on Abbey yeah. Road and it is as someone who doesn't like upsetting drivers it's very very yeah. being beeped at for six minutes is not enjoyable Interest, How- interesting though Richard Curtis would go on later in life to write Yesterday, the film about oh, is that oh, the yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind of yeah. Just, just I wondered if I that counts as a time travel movie because doesn't he like? I don't know. I haven't seen it's it. But changed timeline. He, sure. he changes it's the a, timeline, so he's the writer of the Beatles song. It's a right? bit alternate universe rather than time travel. Uh, yeah, I, I get say, what you maybe. mean. Yeah, but you know, maybe a discussion we should have at some point. And as you mentioned, Scott, he moves in with a man named Harry, who is indeed a uh, misanthropic playwright. And is supposedly friends with his father, although based on some of the things he says about his mother, I'm not 100% convinced. (laughs) And about his daughter as well. Doesn't he say, everyone slept with my daughter? Yeah, 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 he does those lines. Tom Hollander, by the way, my favourite thing about Tom Hollander is that the man's, the SEO of the man's career must have been killed off overnight by Tom Holland, the the Spider-Man actor. uh, uh, Because uh, the amount of times I've seen people online just talking about, oh yeah, Tom Holland's in this. That's not Tom Holland. No, you've you've just not looked at the ER on the end of the name. After staying in London for about six months learning the world of law, he by chance ends up on a night out to a restaurant where the waiters are blind and everything is done in the dark. Do you know that's a real restaurant, by the way? Yeah, it is. You can go, you can go to that restaurant. It sounded like something it's I'd mad. Heard, heard. I mean, this is, I imagine, ten years ago, that was like a real novelty. Yeah. But I think probably in the, in the last ten years it's, we've all heard about it. But yeah, wonderful. It's still voted as like one of the top ten restaurant experiences in the world. Oh, that's great. Oh. It's Certainly really fun to put that in, in a movie as well. Yeah. Just, you know, like... Also, it's a good, because it's like Blind Date. It's the first date they're having together, isn't yeah. it, realistically, when, when Mary turns up. Um, so it is kind of a much more literal version of a blind date. It's not. I mean, this is the great thing about Richard Curtis movies is that you don't just. It's not just a movie set in London. You really feel like you're in London, and admittedly, less in this film than than others. Um, this film still does a good job with like you know shots of the tube and some museums mm. and some this and some galleries and bits and pieces. But you know whether it was Notting like Notting Hill is a great example of it. Just the amount of actual stuff shot on the streets of London. Speaking of it being a date, the woman that he ends up talking to is a woman called Mary, shares her name with his mother, and she describes herself as looking like a squirrel and loving Kate Moss. Fucking sexy squirrel. She re- <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only time in your life you'll say a sexy squirrel. You need to, you need to cut that and keep that for us. <laughs> it, was, it was quite interesting to have an entirely dark scene here where the characters are being introduced to each other and talking to each other, and all we really get is a couple of glints of light here. Yeah, well, it's, it's nice as well. In terms of like a cinematography sort of shot, it's, it's nice that they didn't just go to a black screen. They're clearly actually in the restaurant where it's dark, and that you can, you can see sort of silhouettes, and it's all kind of awkward. And it kind of adds to that kind of ambiance of the scene, I think. There's a weird um, aside that Tim and Mary have in the dark where he's like you know so what's your friend like and she's like oh she's kind of like a prostitute <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And there's like three, maybe four lines in this movie that are yeah. just like rags on prostitutes. Mm. Um, and like, you know, a, a defender of, of sex workers around the nation. I am I am not specifically. And yet it does. It comes across as if Richard Curtis has like a, a, a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, they ruined Hugh Grant's career. <laughs> 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 so, I'll bring it up again later on, but uh, but yeah, it was, you you know you could just say ah oh, she's you know you could call your friend so many things, but to specifically say like oh no she's a prostitute, it's basically a, a prostitute. That's not a bad thing. She might yeah. you know you could have said you could no she's a, like whore is inherently a bad word and an insult. Yeah. Prostitute is a job title. I would like he's, to state you're him. right. No, he's right. Is this yes. an interview? He's right. I don't know. No, I'm not coming. Like I'm not revealing anything it's about fine, myself. Man. I, you know, I'm, I support you in whatever you want to do. Have you been on LinkedIn recently? <laughs> as well? After the dark scene, we have a literal stumble out into the light, where Mary is revealed not to be an awkward squirrel, but in fact, actual Rachel McAdams, half woman, half fringe. Tim awkwardly asks for her number and succeeds and ends up going home completely overjoyed, only to discover when he gets there that Harry's masterpiece of a play has failed because the actors could not remember their lines. So, of course, doing the honourable thing, he goes back in time and after a few false starts, manages to fix this to great success. Loved a couple of the cameos here, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing to mention with this is that the the level of of sort of... uh award-winning actors in this is so high. It's Richard Curtis, so it tends to be the case. Richard E. Grant, Richard Griffiths, you know. The o- only people named Richard. Only Richard. Yeah, only yeah literally Richard. only Richard. Yeah, yeah, we're not giving Richard uh, any props <laughs> for that at all. Unfortunately, in making this a great success, what he has also done is deleted meeting Mary. So her number's not in her phone, and she has no idea who he is. I, which I like. I, I love that the technology is affected. There's easily a world in which like another type of movie that's similar to this has it so that he time travelled with the phone and so the phone still has the number mm. on it or, or whatever. I did also like, again, first time I saw this film. So I started to think, oh, maybe this film is just going to be him meeting her over and over and over. Yeah. Kind of like Fifty First Dates a little bit, the Adam Sandler, <laughs> yeah. Drew Barrymore film. But, you know, Richard Courtesy, more elegant and, mm. a, and a bit more thought out. Um, was happy it wasn't that, but did think at one point like oh yeah he's just going to keep having to because of his devotion to Harry his sister his dad his mum etc etc something will always get in the way exactly and so he's he's just going to have to keep falling in love with Mm. her Um, which I would love to see that film as well if you find a film like that let me know I also thought it was interesting that the moment he decides to do something for somebody else with his time travel it goes wrong and it it screws up what he wants. Are you saying a reverse girl who leapt through time? A reverse girl who leapt through time. Yeah. A man who stood. A man who stood. <laughs> in a cupboard. A in a moment. In the moment. <laughs> the man who stood in a moment. Yeah, yeah, nice. Knowing that she's a fan of Kate Moss, he does know how to meet her a second time, though. He can go to the Kate Moss exhibition currently happening. How does he know what day she's going to be there? He doesn't. I think he's there for several days. Based is that on what they say? I don't miss that. Well, he like... changes clothes a few times. Oh, right. I didn't. Oh, it's creepy. In for the long haul. Yeah. He and Kit Kat manage to creepily hunt her down, and he has one of the most intensely awkward scenes of trying to get to know her. It's horrible. It's horrible it to is. watch that. It's really unpleasant. They should, by all, for all intents and purposes, like definitely be calling security because he's a weird guy. And security should be aware of the guy who's been at the Kate Moss exhibit for five days in a row and keeps changing his clothes. <laughs> yeah. Why? Do you keep soiling them, Tim? Tim? 
Also, you, also, can I just say, James, you're doing a wonderful job of saying Kit Kat earnestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just every ridiculous. Time, yeah. Every time you say it, I think, no, this is... Tim silly. and Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. And Jim Jam and Bish Bash. <laughs> Tim Tam, Kit Kat and Jim Jam. Well, discovering that she has a boyfriend now, he does continue the grilling. And like you say, Scott, all of the information is just given to him freely. Here's the address... Here's the time. Here's what I was wearing. Man, like they, they yeah. The, yeah, and I, I, I like, I love Donald Gleason. He's really like, but would you, would you, would you be more specific about that? You know, but mm. where? I love to, and I love the whole. I love to really imagine yeah. things. But really I really mean, imagine where I'm going to murder you. I don't. <laughs> like, I can't remember when GDPR became a thing, but it must have oh, been later after than this. this. Yeah, yeah after definitely this film, after this, because they are not aware of how their data could be used. If somebody gives you that data willingly, Scott then you can use it how you want. Yeah. Did I, it feel like a short time frame for you between him meeting her at the, the blind date in the restaurant um, and, you know, he has to rewrite it, but then, oh, she's got a boyfriend yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, you met someone in like, for me, it felt like you met someone in like the last week and he's now well, legit your boyfriend, not just someone you're seeing. Yeah. Not even the week, like in the last like 48 hours. Like how long has he been at the Kate Moss exhibit? Because I assume it's just that amount of yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think they say like five days, don't they, or something. I think there's a there's a point where they do actually say it's this amount of time. So it must have been literally but the I mean, day like, after. They're like, her and this new boyfriend are kind of in each other's pockets, like, already. So it does it's feel a bit thrown in, doesn't it? A bit forced. There's something we'll come to in the second film a little bit, so I don't yeah. want to get too into it. But she's a quick mover. She falls is, in is love rated. fast. Yeah, yeah, genuinely. And so yeah. she, even with, what's the guy's, I think it might have been like Rupert or something like that. But the, the guy she ends up, the guy she gets as a boyfriend, um, he calls her like Poochie Bear or something at the table. Poochie Bear, yeah. Is like, yeah, she's just... It's, Within the space of a week, 10 days, five days, who knows? She's gone from zero to 60. I met him at a party and he is now my boyfriend. Yeah. Which is how it will happen for me. (laughs) Please continue. Well, he uses all of this knowledge that he's stolen from her to go back in time and finally get to meet her properly for a first time for the second time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Repeating her exact words on Kate Moss, he manages to trick her into a date at an Italian restaurant, which goes surprisingly well. It's weird how it's not creepy in the way that Niles did it to... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. In Palm Springs. Yeah. It's not like Passengers, Chris Pratt. We talked about it in that episode, but it's... I, it's early in the movie and it's British and he is Tim. It's Timmy, 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 Tim Tam. It's, he's like a more like a, <laughs> he's had a stroke. What's <laughs> happened there? Something just happened in my mouth. I'm sorry, but like it's yeah. I just made I acknowledged the fact that yeah he is essentially like you know he's nilesing her, but it's just not as bad because it's just for dinner, not for oh maybe that's it. It's not to have sex with her a million times like Niles did with Sarah. He's just taking her for an Italian meal, so it feels less sinister. It's love, not lust. Assuming he's not, you know, done this a bunch of times. Well, there's a there's a B reel of this movie <laughs> yeah, where Tim is a dark guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I'm gonna bring up Dark Tim <laughs> later on. Dark, dark Tim. Tim. <laughs> After the date, she asks him to walk her to her car. A very normal thing to do, but then later reveals that the car is parked outside of her flat. Now, if you work that out, it's it's six miles. Is that what it is? Yeah, is you, that it? yeah, yeah. Six miles, ten k. Like, That's not bad. Is yeah. that just someone's worked out like Somebody's where they were? Somebody's worked out London. where they were and where her fictitious flat is. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. is a couple of hours walk then. Yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah, I don't care if I'm in love with you. We're getting an Uber. <laughs> like, you must be. You must be nuts. <laughs> but in all that time, you know, you can imagine that they've had like a really nice 
conversation where they've got to know each other because by the time they get to the house there is a there is a sort of sense of they're closer than they were when they first started talking true, yeah. oh yeah a real heat of, to it yeah. yeah I do think there's a certain romance in sharing that with an Uber driver though uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> is, I'm gone. After a quick kiss, he's upstairs. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's going to put her pyjamas on and then he can come and take them off. Quick draw, Rachel McAdams. I know. Love to see it. I can't talk right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's terrible at the sex. And they both end up a little disappointed. Hey, I'm sure he had a good time. Uh, I, maybe. <laughs> I, okay. I think he disappointed oh, just himself. Think, you know, I think he, disapp- <laughs> think he disappointed himself. <laughs> okay. But luckily, time travel is at hand to save him. So he goes back and does it significantly better. Significantly better, but, you know. Oh, but but not good enough. But not not good enough. Yeah, exactly. He and needs we to get... be Terry in this situation. Where, where do you where do you stop? You know, yeah. at what point do you start listing down like I did move my elbow forty five degrees in that <laughs> last one, so I'm gonna I'll just do it again. Which brings up an important point: Does time travel affect your refractory period? Ref- uh, now, I now... was gonna ask the much cruder version of how much seed does Tim have? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Fair. is the same, but yeah, I agree. Is he well, if he's just going over and over again? Then when she says to him like, "Oh, is one enough for my boy?" It's like, no, he's he's done it seven times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's a he's a champ. Well, uh, am I, 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 we need to discuss this. I think now would be sensible. Is when when Tim tra- time travels, he drops into his own self in that moment, right? This is true. So true. Yes. balls yes. are full again, right? Yes. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. It's a <laughs> full car. It's yes. a full, full car. Yes. It's ready to go on its long yes. journey. Yes. That's where we're at. No, no, so, you have solved it immediately. Yeah, there you are. I know sure. where your mind was. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> James, is refractory period the term for that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's Being what able it's... to reload. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what it's called. In when that... you said it, I like. I in my head, I was like, "What?" Because like, it sounds like lenses. You know, like vision does, and yeah. refraction and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, like, yeah. why is it called a refractory period? Do you think? I, I think it's to do with um, levels of certain hormones uh, that mean that you you basically can't do it for a second time. You, it's to it's a your recharge time. Yeah, your it's recharge a recharge time. Okay, I see. Right. Refractory. And it is, it's yeah. different throughout different ages and certain drugs change it and yeah there's a, there's, a, there's a fair few things that can alter it so like i someone could say to their partner like hey you done refracting <laughs> yeah that would that would uh, that would work on me how's uh, the fracting been going are you fracked up are yet are you fully refracted you've been yeah exactly yeah <laughs> refresh you. on that refraction yeah. <laughs> well after his refractory period is done we have a train travel montage scene where there's just a lot of in and outs of a station showing that obviously their lives are progressing, they're very much falling in love, and the next thing we know is her parents are coming round and we're discussing Cunnilingus. He manages to get through the ordeal with only minor time travel this time, and reveals that he has tickets to a play that Mary simply refuses to attend with him. I what, Just to pull I us back that. to the dinner really quickly, do you think... They called him a lawyer in this movie because they were worried audiences wouldn't know what a barrister. I is. do. I honestly yeah. do. Yeah. Not, and I'm not going to say American audience. I'll just uh, internationally, the word barrister is very British because they mm. say lawyer, and then at the end I see him and I go, oh, hang on, he's, he's not a, a lawyer. Barrister. He's a barrister. Exactly. Yeah. Also, they he refers to it as uh, now this this took me out a little bit because I don't. I'm pretty certain that lawyers and barristers don't refer to what they do as lawyering. No, no, I don't think <laughs> Which they do. Which I think is for an American audience. 
<laughs> we'll do some hard lawyer. I wish they made him a barrister and her a barista. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Where because why aren't you having fun, you know? <laughs> what is Mary's job? Oh, she's a oh. proofreader? Yeah. Oh she, yes, she's, the, a she's the reader reader McReaderson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it makes as if her dad wasn't Reader McReaderson. It's another point for the next film as well, is that in Time Traveller's Wife, she falls in love with a man who is a librarian. There is a lot of reading in these uh, films. Yeah. Books, Do you baby. know what? They, they don't ever make a big point of reference, which I thought was weird, is that she is a proofreader and Bill Nye's character's focus is all about books. There's never yeah, a there's moment never a where they connect. Yeah. It's weird. That's why I forgot she was Book Bookerson, yeah. because in my head, Bill Nye, he is Book Bookerson, book and I've kind of amalgamated the two things where I thought Mary was an artist, it turns out, yeah. actually, later on. Later on. Next yeah, film. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, sure. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a barrister. So he chooses to attend the play without Mary, at which point he sees his, quote, first love, Charlotte, there are a few missteps and false starts here and a little bit of mild homophobia um, <laughs> before we get on to a unusual moment whereby Tim is now the man being pursued by the woman. Mm. I like Rory as well. Yeah, I, do I love like, Rory. I like, I like Rory a lot in this film. Yeah. yeah. What's his, what's his, the thing his boss calls him? Roger? Roger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or no. a bunch of names. I think he calls him Rodney at one point. <laughs> I think he does call him Rodney. So yes, for a second time, Tim has found an indescribably beautiful woman falling in love with him, and she has also invited him back to her flat. They manage to get all the way there, and at the door, we have a moment where, in an alternate timeline, we would have seen Dark Tim. This is a very slide, sliding <laughs> doors moment, this, isn't it? It's like we would have seen Dark Tim. If this film... Yeah, if he, if he blew up the tube train that <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was on. <laughs> if this film yeah. was not a romantic comedy, if this was more of just a romance film or even more like Time Traveler's Wife, I think we'd have seen Tim using this as a whenever he's fed up with his current relationship and wife, he can always go back in time and bang Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of me thought, oh, maybe you will do and maybe this will be the big thing of the yeah. movie is this is the moment kind of thing. Because honestly, up and just before the Charlotte thing, I was feeling a little bit of drag. I was I was aware of the film's length. I was it aware of it being about mm. uh, and we're like not we're not even at the halfway stage yet. We're coming up to it, but, uh, you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, it's all, it's quite nice, but I now, I need a thing right now. And so then all of a sudden, Charlotte pops yeah. onto the screen and I think, oh, this will be the thing. And instead, he, <laughs> instead it's just him going home and practically screaming in his, in, in, in Rachel McAdams' face, hey, honey, didn't cheat on you. <laughs> Look <laughs> how good I am. I didn't I have sex with her. All sorts of things. Guess who I didn't sleep with tonight? <laughs> Rory and Charlotte. <laughs> You've got to marry me now, I promise not to sleep with someone else. Weird to propose to somebody in bed. Very not something you I've ever seen before. Someone just going up to someone who's already asleep and going, "I know you're asleep, but guess what? Should we get married?" It does feel early for her to be in bed, but I don't know what time it is. To be fair, because they don't make much of Mary being American. It's never really a thing outside of her parents being just kind of classically American. But even then, they're not very like. It's not a point of their character. It's not a point of her character. She almost doesn't need any American at all. If she could have done yeah. a British accent, maybe she would have just been mm. British. Maybe Rachel McAdams just got the part and so they're like, all right, we'll just make the character American. But it doesn't doesn't change much. Rachel McAdams is Canadian, isn't she? Is she? I, I, I think so. Know. Yeah, she's Canadian. Do you know, oh, this is probably a good point to drop this in. Do you know who was originally supposed to play that I role? I do not. I, don't. I would love to know. Zoe Deschanel. 
Wow, okay. When did 500 Days get made? Um, I, I want to say like know. near I, this. I know the reason she didn't do this role is because of work and commitments to do with New Girl, I think. Oh my God, imagine if that stopped. I mean, not that it's a grand loss uh, to have not been in About no. Time, but, you know, New but Girl. It, but it is a, it, it's a it's a big budget film and it's, and it's, you know, it's a it is a blockbuster. Really, it would have been a good kind of career move. For Working her, with think. Richard Curtis is like big, he's, yeah. he's British, you know, deal. British filmmaking, not yeah. royalty, but he's up but there. He very five hundred clearly... days of summer, by the way, is two thousand and nine. Oh, so right. she's at least wow. she's at least a good couple of years past yeah. that. I mean, maybe she just doesn't want to go back into rom com. No. Would have loved to have seen Zoe. Would have been Chanel. a very different yeah. feel. Yeah, really yeah, different yeah. feel. Yeah. Oh, oh, it also kind of leans credence to the fact that it was obviously never a British character. Oh, that is good though. So yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, if she, you know, it was always American. Or was there was any always... uh, anyone uh, for Donal? Anyone other than Donal uh, uh, Gleason linked? No, I don't think so. I think apart Don... from Hugh Grant, who apart was busy. from Hugh Grant, was <laughs> just busy. obviously fifty at this point <laughs> or something, um, and has a problem with prostitution, obviously. So, um, <laughs> so uh, had already given his already, two cents yeah, worth. <laughs> he wrote those lines in definitely. Um, no, I think I think probably just the reason that the Zoe Deschanel things I was kind of pointing to was the fact that she's obviously another American actress, and they never clearly wanted a British character. It's a good, really good point. Yeah. So and yeah. he there's there's track record Notting Hill, Julia Absolutely. Roberts. And, yeah, yeah. And... Speaking, by the way, of Rachel McAdams' heritage, we have a scene coming up here, which is, in my opinion, heinous. <laughs> um, after a trip home to announce his proposal and surprise, also pregnancy to his parents. Mary decides to play a game of strip hasty wedding decision making. And and it is going well until she completely ruins it by saying that she will not take her pants off for Scotland. This is the film revealing its English allegiance as well. Outrageous. As as someone who has a Scottish father and Scott as someone with a Scottish mother. Yes. uh, I went to Scotland. Yes. Several times. Several times. (laughs) Uh, Outrageous. She also is half Scottish. Is she? Yeah. I did wonder, is she a Muck Adams or a Mac Adams? She's a Muck, but, it, but I mean, we can call her Mac Adams. Like. <laughs> Mac Adams. <laughs> related, to, related to the infamous Tarmac Adams. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good to know she's a sister. Uh, loved, lovely to have you, Rachel. A sister? Yeah, a Scottish sister. Scotland. Oh, sorry. Sister from Scotland. Sister from Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in on that, so I can't. No, you're not. Sorry. (laughs) Deciding to get married at home, in the rain, and in a red wedding dress, the day goes wrong in every possible way. But interestingly, he chooses to fix almost none of it, with the exception of some slightly dodgy best man speeches. Which is like a fantastic use for it. He uh, unfortunately has like a a consistent slew of bad speeches. But then Mm. it was so obvious who's going to give the best speech. It's Mumblecore King Bill Nighy. Who honestly at this point in the movie I'm like, is he even acting? Is he just having a great time? He's just just Yeah, he's been given the script and he's just there. He looks like the cartoon Pink Panther. He has that (laughs) swagger to his spine, you know. Uh, I really, I found him super watchable in this film. I think Bill Nye just in general is super. He is. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. He is. Yeah. My uh, my mother's uh, hall pass, by the way. Oh really? Oh yeah, big really? time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Scott. <laughs> well, I I know my mother will listen to this episode, and so she can corroborate that in the comment that you then leave on this, please, mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Please. Thank you. We welcome it. Thank you in advance. The review, Alex mother. The five star review. You promised. <laughs> <laughs> they go on to have a baby, move to a new house, and at this point, I paused 
and my wife noticed quite how much of the film was left and got reasonably <laughs> aggressive with me. Yeah, this is, this is the halfway point. This is roughly. the halfway point. And I, it's dragging for me right now yeah. as well. I was just a bit blah. I had a very different experience of this film to you guys, I think. I, I, <laughs> Evidently. I, re- I just really like this film. I've liked it since I first saw it. And I know, like, there is there are moments in it when I feel like it needs to speed up, and there are yeah. moments where it I think that's it. it. Yeah. I so. think it's just the film needed to be edited a bit more. Exactly what you I know, thought. Just, like, just cut 20 yeah. minutes. Cut 20 minutes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. 20 minutes. There. Back to the film. Tim isn't using his powers as much because, let's face it, he's happy. And the only reason comes in the form of Kit Kat, who on his child's first birthday ends up having a drink driving accident for which she is clearly at fault. Mm. It turns out her life has been going down the drain ever since that same first New Year's party that we witnessed with the awkward kissing. It doesn't... And I am sad for Kit Kat in this moment, yes. However, over the course of this film, she's just been kind of annoying. I don't know if that says something about me. If it does, let it be said. But I... Well, you have a sister. Well, I do have a sister. Love Mm. her dearly. And she's absolutely nothing like Kit Kat. Her name isn't a chocolate bar. Uh, (laughs) I I would... uh, uh, Love you, Samaya. Um, Now, uh, uh, I think that, like, Kit Kat... I get... We we mentioned Manic Pixie uh, uh, Girl and that kind of, like, archetype. And and, and she is weird. And, you know, there's that whole big lead-in where she never... She's always barefoot and she's jumping on people and kissing them. All this kind of stuff. She has been made to look a certain way. And I have... I as as the as the audience in this moment, I know yes, something is going on with her, but I don't think it's as bad as they make it. It hasn't. It hasn't. It didn't hit me. Mm. It felt like this sadness, kind of all of a sudden, as opposed to a build up. And maybe that's the way they wanted it. I uh, don't know. I think they tried to feed some moments in here and there of like, oh look, she's actually not having the best time, and her boyfriend's a bit rubbish. But it's very much a love film, so you can't focus on someone have a bad time while you're trying to focus on no, these people true. having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's her boyfriend, right? Kit Kat, uh, uh, whatever Kincaid, his name is. Yeah, I think yeah, um, Kincaid, yeah. So Jimmy's a shit at the wedding. You can see him at the wedding when Bill Nye's giving his speech. Yeah. He's flirting with others, and he's sat there just looking really bored, and he's just not making an effort. Sure, yeah. but it's not having an effect on Kit Kat. Not one that we can see. At least she's still just on her vibe kind of thing. So maybe if I'd saw that gradual it having an effect on her, I'd have. I'd have felt more in this moment. Not that I didn't feel for her. It is sad, of course. No one wants to see what happens to her. It is sad. Um, But fortunately, the movie turns right around. True, because Tim, being the gallant man that he is, decides that he will help her turn her life around. He does something that I don't think we know he could do, and he grabs hold of her hands, puts her in a cupboard, and goes back in time with her. Yeah, that's that's a big point because it now suddenly, or you can just take people with you when you time travel. It was never just the men. It was never <laughs> it just was the men. It was never just the men, you idiots. It's just, I mean, yes, granted, apparently it is literally only the men who can do this thing, but you can do it with other people. Yeah. Which brings up the point of, I definitely have told my wife that I can time travel. D- yeah, immediately you start to think, does... Does uh, Tim's mum not know that Tim's dad can do this? Because he's, he's just hidden it from her. That's what he, he never says. took her with him. Yeah. He never. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to not do it with your significant other is one thing. But at least for the love of God, do it with Kit Kat. She's your sister. She's your favourite yeah. person in the world. She's in the family. She's in the bloodline <laughs> of time travellers. I'd be furious if I was Kit Kat. Fortunately, they've built Kit Kat into a character. Who, who, could, seem... who could not I mean, be furious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to do it with, with Kit Kat, at least do it with your other two sisters, Yorkie and Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I 
I've been, I've been trying to sneak a bad joke in I could for believe ages Whisper. Now. If someone said Whisper, their daughter yeah. was called Whisper, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, believe yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yorkie, yeah. not so much. Yorkie? As a nickname. That's a dog, mate. No. As a nickname. If your full name is Yorkshire Pudding. Yorkshire <laughs> Pudding. <laughs> but yes, and, 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 and so yeah, this whole thing of like, oh, it, rem- it gave me a little bit of a sense of like in 41 when he decides I'm going to go... For much further back to kind of do a bigger course correction than I've been doing. I've been doing these momentary ones, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna grab hold of my sister who's in a difficult way, and she's been in a difficult way for who knows six months, a year, who knows how long it's been. He says that he's been in London for about six months. So it's six and then months he's had a baby the... since then. So oh it yeah, could be a, it's over a year nine, by this so point. Def- yeah, great. So it's been some time. So he's he's at least going two years back. We could logically say we could jump to that conclusion. I would say, which is much much bigger, and he's doing it with the person you've got scott hamza back <laughs> about yeah. time i'm back in the room i'm watching i'm intently paying attention and she goes back with him they change the timeline by essentially making sure she doesn't meet the awful jimmy Kincaid. and then when they come back interestingly she has new memories she knows as soon as they land oh i, I know now mm. that i'm in love with somebody else she just instantly is like oh jay's great yeah. Oh, he's just in my head. Yeah. As you said, Adam, when they time travel, they possess their they they go back into the body of their past selves mm. and then seemingly just travel back to their OG body, their their current timeline place in the thing. But she's brought along some memories and and that's not a physical thing, that's an intangible. And Tim doesn't Tim has no idea that anything may have changed in this timeline. Oh, which that's is, a good point. Yeah. yeah which so is I, weird. I, I read into that as like if you take somebody with you, no, no, I think you go you on, go on, I mean? yeah, yeah. If, if you so take because somebody he's with you, the... their experience of the time travel is different in some way. No, yeah. no, I think you've got it right there, yeah. He's the guy, he's the traveller. He's doing so it, he's, isn't he? He's never going to know what happens because he's just this free, unaffected thing. Mm. But she's not. She's yeah. just been dragged along for the journey and so she's almost like, uh, 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 sounds bad to say she's like a piece of furniture, but it's like she's in the same way that if he brought a piece of furniture, the weathering and the ageing would instantly happen because it's like a non autonomous object mm. she's almost in this regard like a non-autonomous object she gets the effect of the uh, surroundings and now she'll have twice the memories because she still remembers that she was at one point in love with jimmy kincaid and it yeah. was terrible but now she knows that's a really that good she's point. also had yeah. her lifetime how do of being f- in love with jay how do you fit that in your head two difficult two, two years like we said it might be like roughly two years worth of stuff that's happened to her she's now got four years worth of stuff that's mm. happened to her all yeah. on top um and jay of all people oh i now of love jay people. that's convenient <laughs> <laughs> Of course, with Tim not knowing what happened, he now has no idea that his baby is not the same baby. Yeah, yeah. Crazy He's got man. a son. He's, He's got, got a son, son instead. That's a boy. Which yeah. which I believe in the credits is Boy Posey. Yeah, Boy Posey, wow. I know. I, it's a great moment. Mm. It, I think it's like a real, you know, we've had... Well, it, it's a, it, we were just saying, there's this little kind of moment where it starts to feel like things are dragging. And that's a big thing. Yeah, totally. Your, and your child's gone. You've got a different child now. The panic on... Yeah. You, you wouldn't even be able... And no one around you sharing the panic. Yeah, you also, say, he My can't. kids, this isn't my kid. And you're like, What's, what? that's your son. Yeah, you <laughs> can't... You can't can't go to Mary and say this isn't who's our this child. boy yeah. yeah who's this boy so to be fair logically he goes immediately to the only person but he doesn't yeah. f- do what I would probably do and just freak out yeah like I would freak out I'd immediately hop in a in a cupboard because I'd be worried about there being like lasting effects so I'd, I'd immediately be in the cupboard but to be fair Tim Tam seeks some uh, uh seeks some wise counsel from and the it's true his dad is aware of this in fact it's the only thing his dad forgot to tell him which is 
if you go back before your child is born and you make some major change, then the sperm and the egg that originally met aren't going to be the same ones and therefore the child will not be the same child. Yeah. You hop into that same body, but what comes out of the rifle could be a different bullet. Who knows how many things he's shot in that week beforehand. Wow. Wow. Oh, my. I know. There's a universe where he's got triplets. Yeah. There's a universe where, you know... uh, I'm not going to... I'm just not going. (laughs) Don't don't do it. We'll we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, So, instead, the only logical choice is that he has to go and allow Kit Kat to have the suffering and the injury... And to do what his wife suggested the first time round, which was to help her get through it on her own. Be a be an adult. <laughs> be an adult, really. Yeah, exactly. yeah, just and help, be an adult. Help Kit Kat be an adult because yeah. like she's barely a normal person. Yeah. Like and I mean that not in a criticism of people who behave that way. I mean as far as the film. This all works and he ends up having Posey back, and now he wants another baby. And I'll be honest, there's a few scenes here that I'm just gonna call nonsense scenes. It's just like kind of Periods of the film dragging yeah, yeah. on to prove that time is passing, etc., etc., until ultimately we discover the next major piece of information, which is that his dad has cancer. One of those one of those nonsense scenes you mentioned, by the way, is that awful scene where she's trying on the dresses. Constantly. Oh my god, I hated that scene. I, so much. Re- I was surprised that was that made the final so edit so long. Yeah, as yeah. Well. and not it's not a funny. Scene that it's not. Re- it doesn't have any bearing on anything either. It's just like they go downstairs. The chart. The children have destroyed her. Like. Uh, the manuscript, the manuscript yeah. which I'm sure she could just print out again. It's you know, it's just, it's you're you're it's right. Weird. It's it's like a it's just one chapter in the yeah, book. Sure, yeah, like it's just a moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the thing that struck me is that it's not funny. There's no innovation of the trope of seeing you know a husband helping his woman his his wife try on dresses. No, yeah. There's no new spin on it whatsoever. And. There's another line that denigrates prostitutes <laughs> where, <laughs> true. where she dresses yeah. up and she looks wonderful. Yeah. Sexy, yes. No, no one's saying you don't. But they say, oh, you look like a prostitute, as yeah. if that's a bad thing. And I remind you, it's a job title. <laughs> 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 you know, no one says you look like a plumber and it's a bad no. thing. You would look bad if you looked bad. You look like a Tory. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh God, you look like a <laughs> it sounds even better when it's not me. <laughs> Back to the very serious issue. His father discusses the fact that he probably has cancer from all the sexy smoking that he did to entice sexy Tim's mother. Respect. Yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, of course, he now can't go back and undo that because he would undo his kids. He does, however, suggest that he went back and got diagnosed as early as possible mm. so that he could do something about it, but it was still too little too late it also explains why he gave up work aged 50 because it was specifically to spend time with his family that he knew he was running out of time with and he then gives tim the biggest and most major piece of advice which is he does every day twice once to just live the day as it is so that he gets a genuine experience and then a second time focusing essentially on just the good parts Mm. I, I I would do it three times. I would do it one time just to see how it goes. I'd do it a second time to nail it. And then I'd do a third time to nail it and enjoy how much I'm nailing yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I completely understand. I completely understand. There def- there's definitely a day in there somewhere where you just you just fuck everything. Like, <laughs> just yeah, just, just, yeah, just yeah. see where you can go with it. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. When the day eventually comes for his father's funeral, he goes back in time to see him. And of course, he's sitting there reading Dickens again. But this time he knows why his son is there. Mm. He's aware that today must be the day and his son has come back. 
for some level of sympathy, love, empathy, etc. Which, of course, has then become a theme for him in the film, that he's going to be able to go back and visit his dad whenever he wants, up until the fact that we get the awkward phrase of insurance baby. Insurance baby, yeah. From Mary, yeah. where Tim then realises if he does have a third child, he will then never see his dad again. Yeah. Which, to be fair, no one else would be able to. It's he just means he has to live a normal life past that point. Mm. So it's it is a it's I think we're sort of supposed to feel sympathy for him here, but I don't know if I did, to be honest. I mean, I I acknowledge it, you know, uh uh I I I get what they're going for and it does it, it there is weight there. I appreciate to be honest, I appreciate how much Mary presses him because he's hidden all of this from Mary. She's got no idea what the hell's going on. She wants herself a third baby. She has no you know and your father's passed away and that's that. So she, of course, not she, of course, should press him, but she's perfectly right to be doing what she's doing. And and she doesn't realise that also what she's doing is nudging him in the right direction to be grieving in a in a natural way as opposed to in this weird way. Because, I mean, God, how would <laughs> grief and uh, if you are able to just go back and see the guy constantly, then yeah. how do you, you ever? You never grieve. No, you, you can't. I mean, there's there's a kind of nice moment. I think the two of them are kind of sitting and they're talking about having another baby and. And he says, maybe we'll just wait a little bit. And it's kind of an earnest moment. And she says, yeah, maybe you're right. And then he sees the kind of disappointment on her face. And I think at that point, he thinks to himself, no, this is more important to me, actually. The future the, is more important than the past. Than what happens in the past. And yeah. yeah, that's a great way of putting it, James. Yeah. Um, it would also be, I mean, they then go on and they do have a third baby. She gets pregnant. So he now only has one last trip to do, I assume, on the night that she is about to go into labour. Yeah, about to give birth, yeah. <laughs> and I did think, wouldn't it be so bizarre and depressing? It's a lovely scene that he has with his dad where he goes back and they, they risk a bit of causality just so he can be a young boy again with his dad. It's like, like Inception, like a uh, dream in a dream. This it is, is time travel in time travel. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he goes back and then we're, one he's already back and he's like, do you want to go? Do you want to go back some more? I really, really would have loved, it would ruin the tone, but I would have loved a scene of just like little boy Tim being like trying to walk like a full grown man yeah. because he's just been transported <laughs> yeah. back from being like 25 to yeah. being, you know, five or however old. So for him, like just taking the wrong steps or like, you know, trying to, trying to high five <laughs> his dad and just missing uh, something like that yeah. but don't you think it would be a bit weird and a little bit depressing if you were his dad and your son is only visiting you now from the future because you're dead that he keeps coming to you again and again yeah, and you're bit. like and it means that from his dad's perspective ever since he told tim by the way you can time travel he he only visits him to be like oh you're dying soon dad like it's it's yeah. quite a, it's a bit of an awful thing to be doing to his dad, to be honest. Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Like it's it's real, real bittersweet. Capital bitter, lowercase sweet. Yeah. <laughs> After this, when he heads back to the future, he just tries to enjoy every day as it is. It's now in his period of his life where he's happy. He has a family, and he just wants to live through the days as they are. What did Roy say in Palm Springs? It was always a good day in, in Irvine. He doesn't say in Irvine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that it's a similarish re uh, realisation that yeah. Roy comes to where he's like, you know, yeah. I, I was so pissed off. I was so this, that, this, that. But this was always a perfectly good day. And it's kind of in that ballpark of like, yeah, Tim realising that like, you know, just normal life yeah. is actually incredible. I don't even need to live it twice because I'm living as if every day is the final time I get to see it. You know, it draws similarities with Aiden in 41 no, where he decides no, that he no, has to just live no, in the past no. forever and come Season on. Season one's finished now. Fuck Adam. you guys. Adam 
season it's one's not. finished. It's not. Season one is not over. for me. <laughs> and with that, the film just ends. Uh, it has yeah. an interesting slideshow in the final credits of the Stock areas. footage montage was, <laughs> to finish your movie. Yeah. I assume it was all the places they filmed at. Possibly, but, but I don't like the fact that like there's you get the montage bits with characters it. you know, but you also get plenty of people you've never seen before. It's, there's a tennis player at one point. You're just like, yeah, so? I guess she's living her life and you're giving me a montage to kind of echo the theme of live your life one day at a time and cherish the moments and yada yada. It's always great in Irvine. But don't show me stock footage of random people. It's It looks cheap. I think that's a Richard Curtis thing, though. It happens at the end of all, actually, as well. It does, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like Love Actually at all, so I'm so you don't oh, have to sell me on problematic that film now. Yeah, yeah, well. I, I, I don't even think it's like that well made or that well executed. But that's a question for yeah. a, a, a talking thing for another time. But I was just really surprised at the end of a movie yeah. that has Bill yeah. Nighy in it. You chucked in some stock footage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that being the end, boys, do you want to just dive straight into the next film? Straight away, yeah. I've been holding this. Uh, Eric, every time he, uh, Adam has salivated over Rachel McAdams, I'm sat here being like, come on, Eric Banner. <laughs> come on, Eric Banner. <laughs> okay, so the next film in our double feature is The Time Traveller's Wife, which is a 2009 romantic science fiction drama, was how it was billed to me. That's a really good genre breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's based... It's need none of those things by itself. No, oh God. Yeah, no, no, it, it has, has to be all four of those things. Imagine if this is just a romance. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, imagine they got rid of the time travel stuff <laughs> yeah, and we're just yeah, like, yeah. it's just a movie where he's terrible. <laughs> it's based on a 2003 novel by Audrey Niffenegger and it was directed by Robert Schwentke. Is Audrey German? Uh, I'm not sure. No, There's the surname. I don't think so. The surname is definitely because Robert European. Is, Robert Schwentke is is definitely German. German. He's right. German. OG I, German. I don't think so. I'd have to look up. Maybe she's American think... German. Yeah, maybe, you know maybe. something like. That. But it just seems like a, if it's not, what a coinky dink. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay, by the way, is by Bruce Joel Rubin, who is an LSD fan, and is famous for such absolute classics. An as LS LSD. LSD. Yeah, as yeah. in like yeah, tabs yeah, of acid. Yeah, yeah. How did you find that out? What is that? Is that known? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Is he, it on his wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He changed his whole life around after taking LSD and became a film screenwriter. It's mad. Before the screenwriting, yeah, I thought it yeah, was like yeah. he's a famed screenwriter who then went off the bend. And then he wrote Stuart Little too. <laughs> oh my D- god, dude, dude, he wrote. <laughs> Ghost, Deep Impact, and st- this, yeah. and Stuart Little too. Oh my god! Yeah. I I think I I think I've heard the Deep Impact thing because I think it came under like people also search for it at one point. Yeah. Um, which at least tonally, kind of in the same ballpark, dramas, adult stuff. Stuart Little too. As you've mentioned, Scott Eric Banner is here as Henry. We have Rachel McAdams as Claire. And this is a much shorter film. Surprisingly. That was one of the first things that I was surprised. I watched them in this order. Mm. I watched About Time, then I watched Time Traveller's Wife. Um, Unlike About Time, which I I had not seen before at all, Time Traveller's Wife, I watched in the year 2009 so a long time oh, ago right. and also i was i was like what 20 years old i was uh, um it was i was a totally different person i was not looking for the same things in films as as, as i definitely as i am now when we are in the uh, the the what did i call it earlier on the um the niche circle of time travel film club yeah. 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 <laughs> um but yes yeah, i i'd at least seen it before so there was less surprise going into but definitely something that surprised me is i didn't see this as being shorter than the rom-com you know you hear rom-com you think 
one hour 30, one hour 20, which speaks to about time being a bit longer than you would expect. Mm. But also, I really thought that this film was like 2.20 in my head, 2.15. I remember it being much longer than it was, definitely, when I saw it the first time. At least tonally. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I think that's that's a major point, is that it it, it has a heavier toll, I think. Yeah. The film opens with me being quite confused because I knew the director was German and the author sounded German and the film starts in German, but it just turns out that his mother is an opera singer. And of course, that's a you good triangle to put yeah. together, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I will. I'll come in hot with a little trope. I'm on trope. I'm, 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 oh, I'm on trope. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm yeah. in trope watch nice. today. Um, uh, car crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Car, car crash. crash. Laptop, yeah. In fact, um, we missed that in the last film. There's a car crash in that as well. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't want to mention it just because it's Kit Kat, and so it yeah, kind of feels yeah, yeah. a bit. But you're right in that there is a time. There is a car crash in a time travel movie, which we know is an often done thing. And it's even in about time. It's a car crash that speaks to needing time travel yeah. to to correct, which is what happens in Forty One, and it's what happens doesn't happen in Curvature. She doesn't care about the car crash in Curvature. She just took a bend at ninety. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, uh, car crash right at the beginning and a, a car crash that is is again pivotal to our boy uh, Eric's uh, Eric Banner's time travel. Absolutely, Eric, or as we should know him now, Henry. Big Hen. is yep. is a time traveler. It turns out because as the accident is coming towards him, he's able to jump back two weeks to witness himself be read a bedtime story, and then swish back to the present and witness the horrific accident as his mother's dying eyes see her son dissolve before her. Opening four minutes. <clears throat> Opening four yeah. bloody yeah, minutes of this film. I, yeah. I know that uh, About Time, to its credit, hopped straight in. Within five minutes, mm. you've got a convincer chat and he's telling him what's what because you've just seen the New Year's Eve party. So quick setup. And this film is exactly the same. Very quickly. And it's not just a little bit of like hop in the wardrobe and clench your fist and oh, you've done a little time travel. Here's some fun. No, it's immediately... A child time traveling to a time that you have to ascertain. You you get very quickly. It's before the crash, but you don't know until Henry says it later on in the scene. But, you know, you get him basically darting to three locations. You get three locations in four minutes, chronally, three times in four minutes, which is right off the bat. It kind of makes you feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is a this romance is sci-fi, but it's giving me time sci-fi. Time travel. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's big. Yeah, yeah. And in a lot of these films of time travel, we don't see past selves really interacting with present or future selves very often. But it happens a few times in this film, most notably right at the start, when young, naked, cold in the snow Henry is rescued by a strange man who, luckily for him, is him from the future. Mm. I think this. I think the film version of this varies quite a lot from the book. And I think that because I've actually been watching the TV series of it. Oh, fantastic. The HBO version. And infamous one, TV one series. Of, yeah, infamous <laughs> TV series, which I'm sure we'll cross that point later. But um, there is a there's a really big emphasis on, and it does happen a bit in the, in this in this film version that he keeps coming back to important points in his timeline. Yeah. Now in the TV show, this sequence where he kind of like is uh, sort of taken under the wing by an older version of himself. He doesn't tell the younger version of himself who he is. He's just another time traveler. And there's a point at which you see the car crash happen. And there are like 50 different versions of him all watching. So there is this kind of point where he's pulled from all different timelines to see oh, this one I moment. See. So it's it's all channeling is... this big important points in his timeline, which they do focus on a bit in the movie. That is interesting. But it's really though, yeah. laboured in the TV show. So I'll, I'll keep throwing in bits that are kind of relevant as we go through it. I guess it's but... an interesting concept, you know, uh, uh, seeing yourself there and for you know to put your to put yourself into the shoes of that child, young Henry, in this moment. 
car crash, mother dead, explosion, snow, naked, terrible, all of this kind of stuff going on. And then this guy who you've never seen before in your life just covers you, gives you some 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 advice or some some well wishes and hugs yeah. you and all this kind of stuff. And he's so nice. And it's exactly what Henry needs mm. in this moment. Um, and yet it is still stranger danger, technically. Okay, <laughs> it is. Very much so. Yeah. So we learn here as well then that this is the second of these two films that the protagonist can just travel. It's something that naturally the person can do. Yeah, there's Other no these... device. There's yeah. no kind of like it just happens. It's just happening. Yes. Yeah. Other he's these two the, films, have we he's seen that? the time travel. He's device. the device yeah. in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Have we seen that before though? I don't think we have. We haven't. I mean, I would say that like traditionally, like a traditional time travel movie has a time travel device, yeah, which absolutely. is why we have always mm. we've always been able to catalogue devices. And yet, yeah, um, there are t- we at least in about time there is the thing of closed uh, an enclosed dark space mm-hmm. you at least there's something yeah. you need whereas he could his thing is that he's not in control of it one bit it's it's brought on by mm. and you get this in the first five minutes because you've seen a car crash happen so the movie immediately tells you heightened senses or heightened emotion or traumatic moment however you want to phrase it but just a big dose of not dopamine but like a big dose of some brain chemical is probably triggering this thing and that you know that you'll get kind of more nods to that as we go along um, and you see this kind of thing of like, yeah, it's just it's just him. It's just him in his brain. There's nothing, nothing more, nothing less. I don't want to spoil things we'll mention later on. But yeah, it's it's very natural feels like an odd word to use. But, but that's it. But it yeah. is. You're right. Yeah. Humanistic. Time, it's human- very unnatural, isn't it? It's like a, it's like it is. You're right. It sort of straddles a weird line here between. Yeah. Between it being a natural thing. preternatural. Oh. Something that is just beyond. It's not yeah, quite supernatural. Yeah. Just beyond what you would oh, expect nice. to be natural. Preternatural. Preternatural. Wow. Like not having superpowers, but just having a bit more yeah, ability, something. you know, something yeah. else uh, going on. Yeah, yeah, I totally get you. Nice. But a very good point to make, James, genuinely. Like, I think that that is something so valuable about this film in particular, is there's there's layers to it against his will from within his own body mm. happening from childhood. Mm. Yeah. And I assume this is the first time he's jumped unless it's happened and he doesn't remember, maybe, which could be a thing. Mm. His dad certainly never mentions it to him. But we then follow on from this adult version of Henry, so a few decades later, and we find that he is now naked in a library. So we establish very clearly that he does not have to take anything with him, certainly not his clothes. Yeah, I was a librarian for a year, fully clothed. For the record. Did anybody just turn up naked in the library? You missed a trick no. there, I think. I came close a couple of times. It was a public library. So uh, there were, wow. some, yeah. there were wow. some things happening in that library I wouldn't yeah. speak about publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think Eric Banner is A, a very handsome man. But I also B, I really like Eric Banner. This is uh, a, thing that I, a thing that I used is to do. Is he your favourite Hulk? He is my favourite Hulk. Yes, wow. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. What? I love that Ang Lee film. That is a weird... <laughs> that film made some choices. Yeah, it <laughs> you did. Know? And, some uh, big and choices. As evidenced, I think, when I spoke about Sound of Thunder, um, at least it made choices. But I, I, I love, I love <laughs> sure. choices, you know. Choices but I love... I really like Eric Banner. A thing Kid Scott used to do was that I was so into superheroes and they weren't making a lot of superhero films. So if you got cast as an actor or an actress as a superhero or heroine or, or, or any character in any Marvel or DC thing, I would then just become like super obsessed with you mm. until that film came out. And so I, Eric Banner's the Hulk. I don't know who this guy is. I'm now going to watch all of his movies. And so you end up seeing weird films. You end up just seeing 
time traveler's wife because you're like, oh, I just love Eric Banner, even though yeah. it's, at the time it was nothing what like what I was interested in. You know, I romance. I was I was twenty. I wanted fast guns and explosions. You know, um, but yeah, I love Eric Banner, and I think Eric Banner is a really great actor. Um, he holds this thing. Uh, have you seen Bronson, the Tom Hardy? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, Eric Banner is in Australian Bronson, and it's called Chopper. And oh, I would right. strongly recommend you watch okay. it. Never heard my, of that one. My, Never heard of it. My only other thing about Eric Banner, and this is the thing that I love about him, Aussie... I was not expecting this, by the way. No, oh, I wasn't either. Oh, yeah. Huge Eric Banner fan. Eric Banner. I think we've maybe spoken about this before, either on mic or off mic, about how Australian actors are A, very good, B, love a time travel film, and C, have this element of like, I don't give a fuck about them. Russell Crowe is the embodiment of that, of just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But, and I, I, I like that. I I like a lot of that. I like that they they don't mesh well with the kind of Hollywood vanity project as such. Um, Eric Banner, my, my one of my favorite facts about him is at the height of his career, he's now you know he's 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 on his downward slope as things are. But at the height of Eric Banner's career, when he had done Hulk and he had done uh, Funny People with Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, yeah. and he'd done a couple of other big films, he did uh, The Other Boleyn Girl. Uh, yeah. uh, so he was he was a known commodity. He just decided to make a movie that's a love letter to his own car, and it's called Love the Beast, and it's two thousand I think it's two thousand and nine, and it's just a movie where he. IRL as Eric Banner is just like this is my car and I fucking love it (laughs) (laughs) and I think there's something so pure about that they're like yeah you're famous you're rich you've had success so what are you gonna do with that success and that money and that you know just gonna make a thing a a film about the thing I love the most in this world my car yeah absolutely fair enough back to the film it is Christmas in this season which is interesting because it was Christmas when he had his car accident which suggests that maybe there's something a little bit more involuntary about when and where he goes that perhaps he doesn't know about, maybe something a little more subconscious. And in the suing scenes, we learn that he is also somewhat of an alcoholic. Uh, He is also a special collections librarian. And as a side note, that means that Rachel McAdams from About Time probably would also have fallen in love with this man. Uh, Also very true, yeah. Lots of books, lots of books floating around these two movies. Just love of books. Claire makes her first appearance and there is a strange and awkward scene where she is clearly very familiar with Henry whilst he knows literally nothing about her. How old do you think she is supposed to be here? I think she's about 20. I went 19. I went student because she's she's, in the library. So I thought 1920, maybe 21. Well, she's definitely a student because she comes... No, sorry. Move on from that. That's from the TV show. I'm going to fucking do that. Carry on. Um, well, I think the the only time we get any of her ages really verified is that the first time he kisses her, which we'll see later, she's 18 or 19 in that scene. So I think her yeah. being 19, 20 in this is probably about right. Maybe, yeah. You could maybe be a bit generous and say 22, 23, 24. What, what I do know from the book is that the last time he sees her in the meadow, which we will get to shortly, there is a two-year gap between okay. then and when he sees... 18 and 20 so, would swing. So I Perfect. think she's, yeah, she's around 20, 19, something like that. She may as well walk up to him and just say, hello, Henry, I'm the time traveller's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the camera and wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it's very on the nose. Yeah. Um, and she makes it very apparent uh, that she is... Uh, wildly in love with him to an unhealthy degree. Very kind of like in your face, wide eyed, uh, like a like like a 
a millennial or a Zuma has just met an influencer in the wild. <laughs> oh, kind of like like, hi. like yeah, Adam's yeah. just met Rachel McAdams like in the Adam's wild. No, that would not McAdams. be as outgoing as, as you are <laughs> suggesting I would be. It's part of why you love her so much, because her surname yeah. is your name. Yeah. It would be Rachel McAdams. Rachel of Adams, Adams. <laughs> yeah. You want it Adams, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> well, with this wide-eyed enthusiasm, she decides to explain things to him over dinner, which, while he's preparing to go to, he accidentally travels. Hi, Henry. Uh, can you just pass the salt? Yes. When you're older, you will groom me. <laughs> That's what that chat is. <laughs> I, there's no beating around this bush, lads. There's no beating around uh, it, okay? I'm glad you've chat... come straight out and said <laughs> yeah. it, because now we don't have to. Yeah, I'm now we don't saying, have like, to worry you know, about it. I, 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 I know that we we know that there's stuff going on in this movie, and our <laughs> listeners will know that there's stuff going on in this movie, yeah. and we want to be respectful, we don't want to be crude, we don't want to you know, start being silly about things. But on a real one, on the level, she has to convince a chat him which is ironic a reverse convincer. he's the time traveller. So uh, she as a non-time traveller is convinced of chatting him that everything is hunky-dory and it effectively comes down to, she says the words, yeah. when I'm a little girl, you will visit me. And because she is proposing romantic relationships, I think we all know this is weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it doesn't really get better the further we get through the film no, as well. There's, there's some questionable choices from him. Is there anything different done in the TV series absolutely. to make it more mad? In 2022, yes. the TV series absolutely. came out. Uh, what, I mean, what you've got the opportunity to do with the TV series is put loads more scenes in that make it make more sense. So you don't get a lot of the kind of jumping back to her as a child in the film. You see it a few times. It's six episodes and probably three of those episodes is the pair of them spending time together when she's a child really? that's bold there is a line from her when she turns kind of i think she's i think she might be 17 at this point because i won't go into it because it's it's a whole obviously thing that they've left out of the movie that they, they've put in the tv series where she kind of goes to a party and something happens with another guy and he asks her to she asks him to do something for her which is odd yeah um, but she makes a point of saying, you didn't groom me, I groomed you. Which even in this movie, I can see the writer or the director yeah. or the screenwriter or even the original novelist trying to put that argument on, yeah, the, uh, on things. She says at that diner table, you're my best friend. I've been in love with you all my life. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is dripping in creepiness. What what you what the kind of TV series does a really good job of, of showing is that at no point, even when she turns 18 and it's the last time he meets her, there is nothing about it that is anything other than somebody being a friend. Yeah. Oh, and, and the movie is black and white. Yeah. It's very, very but you, strict upon showing there's no physical yep. interaction until there is. James, you mentioned it with yeah. that kiss. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't want to sensationalize. This film came out a long time ago. So it's not like we're like, oh my God, can you believe this yeah. is new? No, this is something that everyone has been aware of for a while and at least has been okay enough to keep making it. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the age gap between him when he kisses her aged 19, 18, whatever yeah. it is. Is not as much as it is with Leonardo DiCaprio and his current <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, squeeze. His so, slew of squeezes. Yeah, yeah. Slew of squeezes. Uh, I think it's it's very much the you spent time with me when I was a young child. Yeah, we had we had a bit of this in the jacket. 
We did actually. Remember in the jacket, he meets young Kira Knightley, yeah. and then later on down, you know, Kira Knightley and yada yada, and so and it's a bit weird there. I think it's a. It's the more power a, dynamics yeah. just off. It's more than a bit weird here. It um, is, yeah. I, it, as I said, I know we none of us want to make too much of a big deal of it. We will mention it again because it comes up again. But um, but this diner chat and the fact that and it's the fact that she is convinced of chatting him to enter into the relationship with her. You know, um, it was uh, it was very very it, jarring. Yeah, you can't get away from it being creepy. Um, the, the only other thing that they really do make a big point of in the TV series is like there are bits where he helps her with her homework and stuff. So when a few times when he returns to go and see her, he's much older. He's like forty one, which is as we find out later on, getting towards the end of where the time travel happens. Um, and he he's more like a a father figure to her for a lot of it, but you know that she's in love with him as a child. Again, I, yeah, I'm just not okay with it. I'm it's, just not okay it, it's with it. It's just fucking you weird. And no one, I, I feel yeah, that's not me being special or like, well, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure fucking most of the world is not yeah. okay with it. You can dress it up um, how you want. Yeah, it's, and it is what it is. It's a different time. We yeah. it's been 14 years, and in the 14 years, the yeah. internet and the world has moved forward like 50 years in terms of the amount of social change and the amount of things that have been reclassified and re examined and looked at through different lenses and we we have improved in a variety of ways and one of them is that time traveler's wife probably wouldn't oh i was just gonna say it wouldn't be made now a tv series was made last year yeah. so i'm wrong mm-hmm. i'm talking which, guff which i imagine is why it hasn't got a second season has been cancelled now that is true it's also it, just not very let true. alone if you become famous on the internet for a an auto fellatio scene oh <laughs> there's I mean... no coming back <laughs> Well, there's some coming back. Bravo! No, I can't. I'm not clapping that. Um, the thing is, I, I haven't watched the show, but I am a Rose Leslie fan, so I've, I've considered watching it. And now, because of your description, I, I probably won't. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think you're going to miss anything. Apart from the fact that they really try and justify all the things in the film, <laughs> right, right. I just, I think, like it's obviously, I, I now, I, I've, I've read most of the book, but I, I don't think that. I think they've strayed quite a long way from the source material with the film, and they're trying very carefully to keep it close in the series. Interesting. So. Okay. You know, I think that yeah. will probably come back around us. Well, I mean, you know, let's let's re let's refocus back yes. onto the film. Um, I, I mean, this was going to happen, but we'll try exactly. we'll try and we, put ourselves. I think back we on dealt with that in a way that we had to. As we've established, he's now actually been seeing her since she was six years old. Although, of course, at this point, he doesn't know that. He explains to her that he visits various key places and times over and over again, and then it's a little bit like gravity, which goes some way to explaining why he keeps ending up in the woods behind her house. And they, he, he doesn't. He mentions that like I'll be back on Tuesday at four o'clock. So he has specific dates, which she has told him through her diary, as we later see. I wanted to speak about that because yeah, because it's it's in this moment when like it's the first time he meets uh, young Claire in the field. She's like six years old, and he says, you know, I'll be back on Tuesday. It's this circular nature of the time travel, and it comes up again over the course of the film. But it's the, it's kind of like. Everything has happened and always will happen. There's elements of that in play yeah. where it's like, well, he knows to be here because he's given the dates that she writes down by proxy of him being there. Yeah. When he arrives on Tuesday at four, she writes down he came to see me at Tuesday at four. And then mm. later on down the line gives that diary to him to allow him to be there at Tuesday at four. So it's yeah. it's an Ouroboros. We, we talk about it all the time. Um, but there's... It feels kind of like 
not fresh because it's 2009, but in terms of our time travel film club, it feels fresh in the sense of that kind of, it's all been taken care of and yet it's not happening in a loop. It's happening scattershot. I mean, we, oh, we yeah, we spoke. Yeah, that is a nice. Yeah, no, that yeah, that that does make more sense. It, it feel it does feel like a different take on the kind of like loop structure, doesn't it? I well, know exactly yeah, what as in mean. no loop, just no kind loop, of like, but like scattered completely. Random yeah, that's, shots. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Do you remember? I think we spoke about the bootstrap, um, buying his bootstraps film uh, or book a while ago, in reference to one of the other films that we watched. Oh yeah, which is about a guy who like he's the reason that he travels back in time which is the reason that he travels back in time which is the reason and it kind of gets yeah. stuck in that yeah what's the original cause this film has quite a lot of that with naming of things or why is the reason that he gives her the dates because he gives her the dates that she's given him there's yeah. quite a lot of that in this film we 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 covered predestination season finale season one um and predestination right you know the name is on the tin predestined we know that in uh, Almost every character in this film is completely predestined and a lot of them are aware of it as well. And yet to not, you know, for it not to be a linear predestination, for it to just be like, oh, I'm experiencing a bit now and then a bit later, but that bit's before this bit and yada, yada. It's, it, it, it is very interesting. Do- Doctor Who did it as well with a relationship at one point. They had a uh, one character who was going forwards in time while another one was going backwards. So they kept meeting at different times with different yeah. amounts of knowledge of each other. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that was pre or post Benjamin Button. Um, the man who ages... Post. Interestingly, Stephen Moffat, who did the Time Traveller's Wife TV series. Uh, really? Stephen Moffat sense. did the Time Traveller's Wife Yeah, Wife I TV didn't know that either wow. until that like, literally this week. That is very interesting. Yeah. It feels like an L... For him, that feels like a big juicy L for Steve. Because Sherlock, yeah. that Dracula popped. Yeah. Coupling is fantastic. It should have been better than it was, mm. I genuinely think. I, I, I really will get onto it later on. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad choice. But yeah, you're right, James. It does, it does feel like that sort of style of people are meeting at different times and often the wrong time, so yeah. people don't know where they are. And, and sometimes they both know each other, but they don't know how much about each other they know yeah. about each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also... <laughs> That whole storyline in Doctor Who, one of the characters has a diary of all the times that they met. It is actually, yeah, I would, I would. Now, you, now you've said it. I yeah. didn't pull that before, but that is Stephen Moffat has read Time Traveler's Wife, loved yeah. the book, did it in Doctor Who, yeah. and then said, you Gone. know what? I can't sell Doctor Who to the US. It they is, don't give exactly a damn. Yeah. I'll just do a yeah. Time Traveler's Wife TV series. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you just solved it. <laughs> we see you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> After the meal. They go back to her apartment, and she is horned up to next Sunday. I will not have you say that about the Quick lovely off Rachel the draw, McAdams. Rachel McAdams. It, Rachel McAdams has no fear of fucking on the first date. Well, she will take. <laughs> she, she will take a man, and good you, luck to her. You have to remember. I'm going to try and justify this because I feel like you're slating her name. No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. The exact opposite. Yeah. More empowering to her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she's been waiting for this moment all her adult life. The second that you explain it, it sounds so It's creepy. so much worse. Doesn't it just? Any, we, we honestly need to, like, the second any of us explain <laughs> this thing, it immediately yeah, okay. takes me away from the enjoyment, and I'm immediately okay. just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, don't worry, because <laughs> the very next scene is a very nude 30-ish year old Henry in the exact woods we were just speaking yeah. of, and he meets Claire, a little ginger girl, who's about as easy to kidnap as any child in the 70s could be. <laughs> James, what do you think? 
is, <laughs> what do you think is more important to you as a person who's writing a movie? Yes, you do need, you will have people say, well, if he's time traveling, how are his clothes time traveling with him? So you're going to make him naked. Okay, fine. I get it. Fun, fun, fun. He's going to be naked. How, how, how awkward for him. So you have the fact that you need him to be naked. But you also, in your story, have written in that he needs to spend time with a young child. Yeah. Which one are you going to sacrifice? Because you need to do one of them. <laughs> I'll be honest. If the whole point is she's been in love with him her whole life, I'd probably get rid of him just being naked just at all times around naked. her. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Because you don't need... You know what you don't need, Adam? More creepiness. Oh, at me. You don't need more creepiness. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, this isn't my... I didn't write this. I'm sorry. <laughs> We have a few more falling in love scenes to follow, during which we learn that Henry will typically jump backwards. Something which is important because later in the film we learn he can jump forwards. He temporarily goes and then eventually returns to the moment he left. Except uh, the timeline has kept moving. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because you would think that in like about time, if we were to compare that, you aren't dropping into the spot where your yourself is. The time can, like like you say, continues. If he spends a just, week back, yeah, he's a week. He's forward. a week further forward. Yeah. 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 Which is, interesting. it is very interesting. It's also, it's wildly interesting that he goes to this, you would think like, oh, you're through no control of your own. You're being shunted to this place at uh, uh, some point in your past that has vivid uh, uh, trauma or emotion for you. You would think he just gets shunted back, but no, mm. it's it's on him to get back. And he has difficulty getting back. And I liked yeah. those scenes in the movie where it's like, you've been gone for two weeks, mate. You missed Christmas and New Year's. Well, yeah, well, I... I just tried. I tried. Yeah, I tried. I got like, battered. I got, yeah. I got battered to try and like jumpstart it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. I, I really like. It, it it heightens the 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 sense for me as the as the audience. It heightens the amount that I'm aware of. Yeah, no control, no control, no mm. lack of control, kind of thing. But it also it means that you just you're frequently reminded as much as the film is called the time traveler's wife and it is about what she is going through you see a lot of it from her standpoint it's good to get refreshers on the fact that this must be just so much hassle for him as oh. well as being traumatizing and terrible just so much hassle i mean between being the hulk and being in this movie <laughs> do you know how much time eric banner has spent looking for clothes in public i bet you know oh, a lot. <laughs> uh, one of the things i've written down literally two lines below what we're talking about is thought he must spend 30 percent of his life getting dressed <laughs> yeah exactly he yeah, must yeah, yeah. every other day he must go i've got dressed 10 times today yeah you've either turned into a gigantic green monster or you've time traveled but either way you're stealing someone's boxes. <laughs> you know how we did the calculation for when Aiden crawls into the motel room floor? Yeah. And how much stress it would put on him. I'd love to know how how much stress it puts on you as a person, how buff you'd be if you repeatedly Just... got dressed. <laughs> like... Or at least if you said, like, okay, let's say he's doing he's porting three times a week and he has to buy a fifteen pound pair of trousers every time he does it. How much money is he spending on trousers? That's so... why he's turned to petty crime. Yeah, yeah. true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lock picking, which is a great touch see that's why i learned to lockpick for those exact reasons yeah just when yeah, yeah. when naked in public yeah. but you've got your lockpick on you for some reason <laughs> stuck to you somewhere you know. uh, as we've established he does find her diary this is in fact when they go to her flat for dinner where he also gets to meet her flatmates and he learns all of the different dates he'll travel to he also meets his future best friend gomez yeah i uh ron livingston um, to my knowledge, is not of Hispanic uh, origin. And I was wondering with his character called Gomez, if in the original... Gomelowski. Book... Gomelowski. 
Really? Yeah. He's, Gomez for short. Like he, a nickname. That yeah. Is super interesting. Is he Polish? I think Polish. Or, yeah. That, I mean, that totally tracks. Yeah. It's just a. I've never Gomelowski shortened to Gomez. No, which is I, I didn't a name, follow that either. You know? No, yeah, that's what I it's, thought. I mean, it's so inconsequential, but it's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His next jump sees him fighting in booty shorts in a dark alleyway. Good lord. Where he gets caught by Gomez. Uh, luckily, we learn that they are going to be bosom buddies for life, and another person joins the list of people who know that Henry can time travel. So easy to have a convincer chat when you know the guy is never going to believe you, but you can just do it in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice. Just watch me disappear for a second. No one is. No one at any point is like, is this magic? Are you David Blaine? Because that would be, honestly, that would be what I thought. If you disappeared in front of me right now, I'd be like, okay. If Adam disappeared right now, I'd be like, okay, James is in on it. Someone's doing magic. <laughs> Where's Darren Brown? What's you think we'd on? set up an elaborate magic trap for you? See now. I really do. If I, you I disappeared, yes. If you were at home and your dad disappeared, there's no way he's in on that, is he? That's very true. My yeah. dad would be quite against time travel. He'd just think he wouldn't see the point in it, <laughs> which is ironic. Um, <laughs> so if he if he disappeared in front of me, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like, actually, now that you mention it, him fading away is a little bit like the snap in Marvel. It's a little bit like Thanos' yeah, snap. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah. That dissolve kind of thing. But uh, yeah. but yeah, anyway, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Burger from Sex and the City. Ron Livingston, to me, is two things. He's Burger from Sex and the City, and he's the lead character in office space but either way he's completely sold gomez gomelowski is in on is in on the plan yeah which is great you need a you need a barney rubble yeah, absolutely you do need and he barney is a barney rubble, rubble. A barney you're rubble. right the way they do it in the tv show just for as a kind of interesting <laughs> tidbit is they're at um they go around for dinner at um uh claire's flats basically and that's how she meets them so that's exactly the same way but an older version of him turns up at the flat naked and they have dinner all together, and that's how they explain Man, it that away. That TV series is so horny, that, honestly. Yeah. yeah, and well, also <laughs> Henry's current girlfriend turns up, and she's also there. As in, so the naked Henry that turns up in the TV series yep. is a younger. He's older. He's older. So he's, he's just he's come also admitting from seeing... to. He's also admitting yes. to Claire. We break up in the future, and I've got a new girlfriend. Yeah. And I brought her to dinner. It's weird. It's Bizarre. a really, but like, yeah. So does he bring her from the future? I don't want to get into the TV no. series too much, but like, no. But he's oh, he's he's just weird. come from younger her, yeah, to now older her, and at the same time, younger Henry from the current time period has another girlfriend he's keeping secret. What a cheeky Wow, yeah. it's, ma- it's mad. Convoluted. And yeah. I'm attracted to convoluted. Um, yeah. But six episodes, I'm out. <laughs> no, thank you. A few scenes later, we see Henry jump back into a situation where he is accidentally sat next to his mother on a train. Luckily, she's just about famous enough for it not to be too weird that he recognises her and start to completely gush about his life. I Still manages to be fucking weird, though. <laughs> it is weird. I didn't get that, that, that she's famous. So it's, yeah. I just thought like, oh, because, you know, like uh, uh, in in America, people are much nicer talking to people on like public transport and stuff. You can actually like strike up, <laughs> strike up a bit of chat, at least better than, at least better yeah. than here. Maybe not on a bus. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like in About Time where Tim is at the Kate Moss exhibit. Yeah. And you would say like, in, in all reality, you tell this guy to piss off and call him a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the mother... 
in all reality, she'd probably turn around to Henry and be like, can you leave me alone right now? I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know who the fuck you are. This is weird. And yet they have a somewhat healing chat for Henry's purposes. It's because she is a slightly famous opera singer. So he yeah, can say, I oh, I that, heard yeah. you sing or I've seen you sing. And it's enough of an opening for them to, to kind of go. It's a good out, yeah. And, and then he does just become the kind of crazy guy on a train where she's like, I better just humour him because he might stab me with a feces-covered knife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's probably just for the best. Yeah, you're right. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His clothes are too big for him because he's stolen them off of someone yeah. five minutes early. Yeah, and yeah. we heard as he got on the train, someone shout, my wallet! My yeah. wallet! My wallet! <laughs> After meeting his mother, we also then get the treat of meeting his alcoholic father, who clearly blames Henry for not being able to go back in time and save his mother, which Henry has said he has tried to do hundreds of times yeah. to a scene that you referenced, Adam. Yeah, it's it's very clear that he's tried, like you say, hundreds of times to save her life. And we've seen as a thing in movies before, you can't go past you can't go back past the first time. Mm. The first you know, Primer did that where, you know, when you turn the machine on, you can't go further back than that. That's yeah. a cutoff point. And so for and we saw it in, in about time earlier on. Uh the cutoff point being, you know, well when your children are born, you can't really be going back past that because you'll affect things too much. And so yeah. for our boy Henry, yeah, you can't go back past the inciting incident of probably your first time travel. We Interestingly, don't. I think I think in the T V show it's inferred that he travels from a, a much younger age as well and doesn't realize because when he first uh, gets kind of saved by the older version of him just after the car crash has happened, they both end up in this... He like uh, time travels to a museum and that's where the older version of him is. And they go around this museum and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff happens. And then he says... I'm going to prove to you now that you can't change anything. And he's like, that's nonsense. That won't happen at all. And he, he says, you'll turn around in a second and you will run over there. I'm not going to tell you why, but you will definitely do it. And it's his mother who's there. But this little version of Henry is post-car crash, but this is pre-car crash. So he just gets up and instantly runs over because his mother's, like, back alive again. Yeah, yeah. But she says to him, you keep doing this. You keep vanishing from school. You've done it for years. Why is this happening? And she can't understand why oh. he's there. So I think he travels from a younger age in the book yeah, and yeah, in yeah. the show. Is he naked in the show? He when he when Well, basically, it happens at night. Right. And then they're in the museum till it opens. So he finds in some clothes okay. from somewhere. Yeah, know, it's yeah. Not really it's again but... very incredible, hulky of like just finding clothes. Yeah, you know? no, just it's like there's clothes bin, lying around everywhere. Know. But yeah, so but that, that is really interesting that yeah. they in that they expanded on it a little bit more. Yeah, they kind of did their own thing with it, I guess. That's where it kind of comes from. So, despite his father's misgivings, he does choose to give over his mother's wedding and engagement rings, ready for. Another in-bed proposal. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> That's how I do it. Uh, like I said, how many times has Rachel McAdams been proposed to while in bed by a time traveller? It is only two, but it is weird that it's happened twice. I think she. it's a club of one. I think Rachel McAdams is in a club of one there because you can only say I've had two time travellers propose to me in bed. I wonder how her current... Well, actually, do you want to know a little interesting trivia fact now? We were talking uh, earlier about um, Rachel McAdams, what, whether she's actually married in real life. Yeah, now. I wanted to know, like, yeah. is she is she married right now? And is, is the person she's married to better looking than, than Dunal Gleeson or Eric Banner? <laughs> she's not married now. She has a partner, but she was married in 2007. Do you know who she was married to in 2007? I do not know. Ryan Gosling. 
Really? really? Yeah. Oh, from the notebook. From the notebook. Of course. But he was also in the running to play this character. Interesting. Instead of Eric Banner. So I don't that know if like... That is very, very, very yeah. interesting. Because around 2009, Ryan Gosling was hot as shit. Yeah, absolutely. He was like the biggest sort of, sort of like upcoming talent in Hollywood. And he's married to Ava Mendes now. Mm. Um, um, so... But I yeah I didn't know they were married. I knew they would. Mm. I knew they dated. I, I think it was short lived. I think it was like a year. I don't well, think it was very I mean, long. That, but like... the Notebook became such a phenomenon among like yeah. rom com people, and it became such a thing of like. I remember when we were at university, and it was like, oh, is your girlfriend making you watch the Notebook? And it was just <laughs> yeah. a slew of men who were like, yeah. I I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I've never I seen to, it. I used to adore it, the Notebook when mm. I was it because it's yeah. really really well written, well acted yeah. romance. Um, and Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams do have insane chemistry a yeah. chemistry that she and Eric Banner do not have they yeah. have some but not anywhere near those two speaking of their chemistry they are of course now getting married so we head over to some wedding planning at her parents we learn that her dad is a hunter and probably also a wanker he's which a, he's the bad guy from Ace Ventura 2 oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or Jumanji Cadby. or Jumanji yeah. yeah the bad guy from Jumanji yeah he's just yeah. like uh, and we do later confirm in a scene with Henry's father that he definitely is a wanker with the reveal that he is, in fact, a Republican. Do you know what another word for that is, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tories. <laughs> I'm going to really like when this episode airs and it turns out that 99% of our fans yeah. are Tories yeah, yeah, and they yeah, go, yeah. oh, oh yeah. hang on a minute. And we suddenly That's change the election. That's a dickhead, isn't he? <laughs> Disappearing on his wedding day but then reappearing quite quickly afterwards, only much older. Yeah. The wedding still manages to go off, even though people are noticing his grey hairs. Speaking of hair, he goes to get his hair cut and he says, you know, my wife likes uh, short hair. And I just thought to myself, again, it's just not to bring us back to the weird thing in the room, but like... (laughs) Your wife can now make you the perfect man that she had when she was a child. So she can make you her Ken doll, basically. Except that man is the man that you already were. It's just like we've talked about the cyclical nature. We've talked about it all having happened and being kind of this unavoidable. She is on a path at one point. uh, I think Berger, not Berger, what's his name? Gomez. (laughs) Berger (laughs) Gomez. Every time, <laughs> uh, Gomez, when he uh, when he's when he's talking to her, he goes to her after you know seeing the time travel. And he's like, you know, you've got to break up with him. You should stay away from him. This is terrible. Blah blah blah. Um, and she says, well, you know, I kind of don't have a choice. It's already all happened. So I, you know, I don't have. I, I couldn't change it if I wanted to. And she says it with a real big smile on her face, and it looks like a Scientologist telling you that, like, yeah. no, I love the blue shirts and the and the the, the chinos. This, yeah. this is we live the way we want to. Yeah. She, uh, uh, he, and he turns around to her. He says, "Wow, you're you're more fucked than than I thought you were." And he is completely right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's this when you see stuff like him saying, "Yeah, give me the haircut that she always wanted her man to have," based on it's this haircut that I get now, and I'm gonna go and see her as a child. It just remind. It just takes you back to the bad place. So that we talked about Dark Tim. There's yeah. a dark, dark uh, Henry dark as well. Henry. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it it's might a, be this Henry. It's this Henry. <laughs> it's this Henry. Yeah. Well, he accidentally travels again whilst in the marital bed, which means he didn't consummate, so it doesn't count. And appears at what might yeah. be the first time of meeting young Claire, as you mentioned, Scott, with the haircut. She then exclaims that her cook roasts the best turkey, cementing the fact that her family is disgustingly rich. Yeah. I hunting. Would, yeah, hunting, cooks, massive estate. Yeah. 
Uh, we are then treated to another montage of their lives. We've had a few montages in these films, and there's more to come. And the disappearances, including the prolonged vanishing that you mentioned, Scott, that lasts over two weeks during Christmas and New Year's. We also learn a little fact here that televisions sometimes set him off, which is interesting, and that he's just won $5 million on the lottery. Oh, man, I was so annoyed because, as you said, we've just seen how rich they are yeah so you don't need the lottery same way that tim and his family didn't need it in about time right. where is the charity time travelers hate charity that's my um no i mean you know it's just we're just watching rich people get richer it's the way of the world apparently oh, so, so you mean it's 2023 how how in vogue yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I've forgotten exactly where it is, so so forgive me if it's not this scene or this one, but it's, it's in and around here where it doesn't, young Claire get upset because she's asking him, who are you married to? And she's, and he's like, oh yeah, I am married. And she's like, oh, and she gets like upset because she's like, well, I was hoping you were married to me. And he smiles and it's like, and the scene just dissolves from there. And I was just like, man, this is a weird child to turn around to like a 40 year old guy and be like, I want you to be married to me in the future. Like, just be a child where is yeah. your childhood going when you're spending so much time in a field with a man yeah. I know where your dad is he's hunting I know where your your mother is she's you know stopping the suffragettes from getting the vote uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay well <laughs> well with the money they buy their dream house after a, again another little montage of looking for different houses to go to but eventually things sour as they witness a dying Henry on the floor shortly after they've moved in, followed by the reveal that Claire realises she's never actually seen him older than in his 40s, and that she is currently pregnant. Mm. A lot coming at you thick and fast. Yeah, there's a a bunch of plot points there that are really important for the rest of the film, and it happens in like 30 seconds. Totally different to About Time. There's no like periods of time with nothing happening. This film is, this is the next thing, this is the next thing, this is the next thing. Have we seen in any film we've covered so far someone see themselves die? No, I don't think we have. Like, I know in Los Corona... Well, uh, in the jacket, he knows he has died because he visits his own grave. Yeah, he doesn't see it happen. But he doesn't see himself die. I feel like it would be a really... I mean, it feels kind of obvious to say, but it would be a really horrific, traumatic thing that would uh, just affect you in your core from that moment moving forward. I mean, Niles dies a few times but that's not quite the same as seeing yourself die. I mean, when you think about the movies where there's an other you, it's Los Crono, no. It's Infinite Man, no. It's uh, uh, Primer, no. Uh, So, yeah. And Niles' deaths are not permanent, whereas this is the end. I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I think once you show that, that's it. There's no coming back from that because you either then show that person trying to avoid it and it's inevitable that they won't, or you show them just descend into madness, I imagine. You can't. Yeah, well, how do exactly. you deal with that? How do you get back from that? Yeah. Exactly. Well, the next step is that he goes to visit a specialist doctor, someone that he knows about because Claire had mentioned that he'd visited one in previous trips that he'd told her. Yeah. It's wonderful for me 
to, you, I, we spoke in the Curvature episode with Glenn Morshower, um, character actor of a much lower degree <laughs> than uh, Stephen Tobolowski here. Um, Stephen Tobolowski, we, in one of our sort of like blooper reels, we spoke about a uh, uh, Philadelphia experiment. He's in that. He's also in Memento, which is not a, uh, a time travel film per se, but it's a film that does a lot of interesting stuff with chronology. He's very pivotal in Memento. If you if you type in Sammy Jankis, his character's name yeah. is said over and over in the film and it becomes a really big thing, even though he's on screen for maybe two, three minutes. Stephen Tobolowski. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm missing the obvious one. Mm. He's Ned in Groundhog Day. So yeah. he's, you know, he's done time travel-y stuff. It's nice to see him again. And it's always just nice. I know that we all appreciate like just seeing good quality character actors. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski has a podcast as well. I only found Does that he? out recently. Yeah, it's like oh, right. just about like his life as an extra slash character actor in Hollywood because oh, right. he's got he's got such a nice sort of interesting catalogue. But he's been around for forever. Everyone knows his face uh, and I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners that won't know his name. So it's uh, Big Boy Stephen Tobolowski. That's what you have to shout in the street when you see him. That's Big Boy Stephen Tobolowski, truck first. <laughs> <laughs> After a number of these visits to this specialist doctor, there is another convincer chat where we learn that actually they are struggling to have a baby because, of course, Henry's condition appears to be genetic and therefore the babies are developing this type of time travel epilepsy, which means that they don't remain in the womb and therefore the mother is really struggling to actually conceive the child that she's desperate to have. Yeah. Did you assume that the baby, by proxy of being... And maybe this is just a hang up from about time and it just being the men in about time. But did you assume the baby was a boy when it was having the same time travel issues as he was? I, I don't know because I watched this film first. Oh, I... Interesting. I did because I watched because we, The Business Order. And we also get the yeah. payoff of when they finally are able to have a baby. It's a girl. That is true, yeah. So, yeah. Like, so I felt vindicated in thinking like, oh yeah, yeah it's just the boys having the... the yeah. <laughs> he needed yeah. a Bill Nighy. He needed yeah. a mentor, did Henry. Yeah. He didn't need his prick of a father. Mm. Well, learning that it is a type of epilepsy, they learn that there are drugs that can be taken to help reduce that that won't work, unfortunately, on a baby. But I don't think they ever mention if he starts to take the drugs. No, actually, that's a really good point. I didn't even catch what the drugs are. It's a really fleeting mention. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just some as... drug for epilepsy. They don't mention... Spe- I don't know if they mention specifically, but they mention that there are drugs for well, epilepsy. Yeah, they basically... They ba- Is this pre or post MRI scan? This is the, the same... The MRI scan happens when he disappears, and then after that is when he says, you had the epileptic fit. Yeah, so he works out he that it's, it's the same brain reaction as somebody would start to have before they have an epileptic fit. It also might be a CT scan. Yeah, so yeah, it might be a CT scan. And even trope-wise, we've had the trope in the past of time travel being as a result of uh, stuff going weird with electromagnetism. True. And uh, he does say to him, uh, uh, the doctor, he says, you know, you're emitting electromagnetism just before you blip away, um, which is just something I made. He also makes note of, and this is very, I think very early on in their exchange, Henry and the doctor, he says... um, You've applied for a grant or something, or you're interested in a grant. Um, you win it. You invent chrono, chronal impairment or something along he does, those he lines. He discovers yeah. chronal impairment. Yeah. yeah. He says, oh, 
well, maybe you don't because I just told you, which is again like nice yeah. to nod to the cyclical nature of the film. But I did yeah. kind of think to myself, I was like, this is, I didn't expect it. The movies led me into this kind of more romantic, more romancy kind of path. I'm, I'm thinking about like, you know, the baby. I'm thinking about the marriage. I'm thinking about, you know, the moral implications. And we've suddenly got this moment of like chronal impairment. Mm. There's a baby who can do the same kind of thing. We've got like, it's, it's sciency. It's bringing me back to sci-fi. And one of those sci-fi things we hear is the clock gene is mentioned. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I really wanted you to explain yeah, it a bit further. Definitely. We talked about it earlier, didn't we? I've so. never heard about this. So I, I forget exactly what clock stands for, because I believe it stands for a oh, specific it's... thing to do with the gene. Ah, I see, okay. right. But it is actually a reference to a gene that would also be a clock gene. It's a gene that helps control parts of your circadian rhythm, which is oh. when you wake up, when you go to sleep, how you perceive the time of day. Okay. So it is very much a gene to do with time, not time travel, but it's hmm. it does make sense that that would potentially be something of, well, if you're going to focus on a gene that it's interrupting, this might be the one. Yeah, it's also a big point that they, they've mentioned tons that it's a faulty gene, isn't it? So it would make sense for whatever the faulty gene is that the problem is within for it to be related to time, which I, that's, uh, and that's nice. Are, it's a nice yeah, touch. If you right? just bombard that gene with gamma radiation and no, then wrong eventually... Film. No, yeah. wrong film. Oh, oh, no. What if you swapped Henry and Bruce Banner in these movies so that she's just really upset because I'm the Hulk's wife and it's the same kind of film basically. He yeah. just turns into a Hulk and runs off for two yeah. weeks and then comes back. And then in the Hulk instead what happens is that he just doesn't sleep sometimes. Yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah. the only <laughs> the biggest problem that, they've got that <laughs> is the the major problem if you mm. do have a problem with your clock gene you have problems with wakefulness sleepiness uh there is a type of insomnia i believe associated with very interesting um, and i think they've established that those people who you'd call night owls yeah, yeah they have a difference in their gene the clock gene Ooh. so you i think the average is four hours later in the evening they fall asleep because they have a slightly dodgy clock gene. Man, don't let yeah. students find out about that. I remember when we were at university and every <laughs> every idiot and his cousin Larry was trying to call themselves an insomniac just because they had a couple late nights. <laughs> just because it became the thing du jour, being like, no, no, I think I'm an insomniac because it's... Like I find it really interesting that the point of a clock gene kind of goes against environmental setups in terms of how we perceive time. Because for me, when it gets late, I get tired. It's not something in my genes that says you should be tired now. Well, do you know so what I mean? Are you nature, nur- are you nature nurturing? Nature nurturing. That's so what I'm kind of getting at. You assume you've heard about the idea of a third eye. Usually, people place it in the middle yeah. of your forehead. Just oh, is it like the eyes. spiritual? Yeah, the kind, kind of spiritual thing. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So interestingly, there are organisms that have a third eye. There's quite a few organisms that have what is a little gland that is attached to their pineal gland. Um, But the pineal gland in the human is actually, interestingly, directly behind where people place the third eye spiritually. And the pineal gland is what detects light levels. And the reason for things like seasonal affective disorder, why you get tired when it gets dark, is all connected to that gland. So your idea of it being a nature thing versus a uh, genetic thing, it's actually pretty much 50-50. And when you look at human populations around the world, hunter-gatherer societies, even like modern ones that are not communicated with technology, they also have the same sleep patterns as we do. Mm. The only difference being of about an hour where people who live closer to the equator tend to sleep an even number of hours all through the year, about eight. People in the very northern hemisphere tend to sleep about six in the summer and about eight in the winter. So it's it's an interesting thing of it. It's kind of 50-50 between those. 
That is really interesting. That is, yeah, that is wildly interesting. I mean, yeah. you couldn't have convinced me a year ago that I had a clock gene yeah. or anything like that. Prior prior to this chat, my favourite gene was Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're killing me today, Scott. You're killing me today. <laughs> oh, God. Right, on with the show. <laughs> okay, Henry, struggling with the pain of trying to conceive a child, decides to secretly get a vasectomy. But whilst recovering travels back to see a young Claire. By the way, did his stitches fall out when he travelled? Did he just leave a pair oh, of stitches? Oh, and... that is interesting. God. Yeah. That would be uncomfortable. He looks like he's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Though, I mean, it's like, I know it's day surgery, but at the same time, he lands in, I was going to say Claire time, that's not what I mean <laughs> at all, kind of lands back in the meadow and he's still very uncomfortable. He had, wants nothing to do with her that day. <laughs> I do I do think it's very plausible for the people who work at that vasectomy place the the hospital um <laughs> the people <laughs> the vasectomy place the vasectomy shop yeah, i kept yeah, thinking yeah. of sperm the bank shop, and that, that, believe, that, is that's the, uh... not where he is but i i, I yeah. think it's very believable that they would go into a toilet and find a pile of clothes and be like someone's run out of here naked and upset oh yeah <laughs> and yeah look, yeah there's some stitches here covered in yeah blood. exactly like oh, wow they just quit on this didn't they <laughs> uh, I've, I've been to one of those hospitals for a different reason and the clinical nature of those rooms makes you want to flee oh lord i can imagine right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. back in time he aggressively and creepily kisses this much younger version of his wife let's just clarify she's She's like, what, here? 18? 18 at this stage? I know, but it's such a bad look for you to be kissing a girl forcefully. Like, yeah. Not forcefully. I know, that's not even the right descriptor. It's worse. You are forcing a kiss. Yeah. It's yeah. not kissing her forcefully. I mean, you are forcing she a says kiss. it, doesn't she? It's her first kiss. She says, this is, I, I didn't want it to be like that at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's horrible. Something makes it creepier that it's in a field as well. Yeah. I don't know what it is, the secluded nature of it. And the just aloneness, the, yeah. Yeah, I, it's just, uh, you know. We're already quite died in the creepiness of it. So this isn't like a revel- revelatory moment, but it is just more on the pile, you know? Back to the present, and he admits all of this to his wife. The creepiness of it, the fact that he has had the vasectomy. She even tells him specifically, you came to that meadow and you forced yourself into the mind of that young girl. Which, to be honest, yeah. is completely accurate catching up yeah you're catching up Absolutely. with us Claire welcome yeah, yeah, yeah. to the welcome yeah. to the team oh yeah. but don't worry she does the most logical and sane thing and gets one up on him by stealing his sperm so because they are now sleeping in separate <laughs> beds Fuck. when Henry from the past travels to the future the first time we've seen him do this mm. which is established that he potentially can but this is the first time we've seen it he phones and of course she's the one who answers chooses not to wake up with the Henry she's currently in a mood with but go with the younger Henry that she's less in a mood with, rescues him and shags him. Yeah. 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 And, and it's a real it's a real kind of guttural, angry response from her, isn't it? it? Is she's a bit. like, I'm gonna get my own back on him because he's taken away something from me that I I want and I deserve because, And that I was promised. And I was promised. And, yeah. and, Absolutely. She, and she will get what yeah. she was promised, but it's just a whole thing it's of her like destiny. He, yeah. yeah. You almost every time in this film when he is angry when she is angry at him or he is angry yeah. at her, it's just because well no, it's just part of the plan. Yeah. And you you know, you just need to follow the plan to its entirety and there you know, there'll obviously be bumps along the road. It feels a bit feeble to call them bumps along the road. But yeah. again, quick draw McGraw, Rachel McAdams hopping on a guy that she wants, respect and love for it. Good yeah. luck to you. And, and this time, Mary, but no. <laughs> this time the jizz sticks, and the pregnancy, <laughs> God, the pregnancy God. works. 
in the second of the four jumps, we actually see that Henry meets his daughter. Because it's a girl. I, I, I know it's yeah. not textually there, but this is how I feel. Because it's a girl, it's worked. Yeah. I, I also feel exactly the same. I don't know if we're right in that, and it's never explained, but I also feel like it's a different situation, and the first attempts were boys. That's the I felt the same way. I'm just going to check something really quickly because sure. I could I could potentially... Oh, imagine if it's like girls have a much better clock gene than men. That's so of I'm course Googling. He's got... Yeah. yeah, I thought so. And that is fucking juicy. Yeah. If that's the, if they've, I doubt Audrey, yeah. uh, the writer, the author, I doubt she was, uh, uh, you know, thinking that like big... She might have been, big I don't picture, know. But maybe she was. Yeah. Maybe she's like, I've heard that this clock gene is seven times bigger in a, uh, in, a in a female's <laughs> yeah. third eye. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to make it... The, that's, yeah. that's why it's going wrong. Is Sadly that true? not. Oh, so, damn, that would have been great, wouldn't it? Because I was just thinking, what if it happens to be on the X chromosome? Because there's no oh, reason man, it, oh, yeah. it's on chromosome four. It's just because oh. his daughter's just sick. She's yeah. just cool. It's just, She's his great. daughter's She's just, just really better cool. than yeah. him. In the meeting with his daughter, he learns that not only can she travel, but she can actually exert some level of control over it. She's able to decide a little bit where she goes and even potentially prevent herself travelling when she doesn't want to. Another daddy did it first as well for the for the but trope daughter bank. did it yeah, better exactly but daughter did it better exactly and another and still a good relationship between the two of them mm. I'm looking at you I'll follow you down with your <laughs> with, <laughs> with your generational hate she also tells him her name which means that she picked her own name to be given to herself that is interesting. I didn't think of it in those way. I mean, because because yeah. then straight away after you get the whole thing of like he goes and tells Mary, yeah. uh, Mary, uh, uh, cool. Claire, Henry tells Claire, um, and so that kind of is it becoming the thing of like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you the baby's gonna be okay, so now you won't worry, and the baby will be even better, better at being okay, kind yeah. of thing. I did when she said Alba, just because it, I wondered, I was like, is there some significance to the name Alba because it begins in A, ends in A? It just means white, I think. I know someone whose daughter is called. Sienna Alba, which means brown white, which I've always That's thought me. is a, it's, That's it is me. Yeah. Look at that. That's going to be my, my porn one. star name from now on. Sienna, Sienna Alba. Sienna yeah. Alba. I've always thought it was it was funny that she chose to name her daughters her two colors that she doesn't like as well. Interesting. She doesn't yeah. like brown or white. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, as I'm not a fan of the color brown or the color green. Uh, I get them confused frequently. So. Understandable. Brown yeah. and green. Yeah. Well, frequently. And red as well. I could go on and on about the colours. I don't like to be honest. That's why we give you the red light every, <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. every time. Daughter Alba lets slip that he will in fact die when she turns five. She's approaching this in a very adult way, by the way. That's th- imagine. Well, we we sort of learn why later. Yeah. Because she's been her own therapist. Yeah. Really. A really interesting concept. Yeah. Genuinely, to have a yeah. her older sister is just her. It's it, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. What a wildly interesting concept. That's the kind of thing I would have hoped the TV series would really put some meat on those bones. Yeah, that would have been great if it had ever got to that point. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, season yeah, six. Yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. But I, I think genuinely, when you see old Alba with her arm around young Alba walking down, explaining to her off camera, you know, your dad's gonna die. It's when you're five. Here's how you prepare for it. And to see the way that she holds it together like a champ from yeah. that point on. And and she's like, you know, it's very evident you're going to be okay because I'm okay. Yeah, That's it, what's that really it. important about that, like, interaction between the two of them, isn't it? Like- and unlike Tim and uh, Bill Nighy, 
she does get to see her father again. She can go mm. back in time because she has a greater control over it. So even though, yes, his physical body will die and she won't be able to see a 60-year-old him, she can still go back and see 25-year-old him anytime she wants. She admits that she's gone back and watched him walk down the road having an argument with her mother before. Yeah, exactly. I imagine she probably did because she thought, I miss my dad. Now he's dead. I want to go back and just get a quick glimpse of him mm. somewhere just to get that memory of him. The, the author is actually working on a follow-up to this and has been since 2013 that is about the daughter. That's in, that's, that, that is interesting, older. yeah. I, would, I don't, I don't uh, think she's Girl ever, who leapt through time. Exactly yeah. What I was yeah, say. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think she's ever kind of committed to it fully, but I think when they re- when they released this online as, as like a book you could read online, like with ebook or whatever, there was a 25-page kind of epilogue that was her. yeah. So she was like, oh, people are obviously interested in this. So I think probably yeah. at some point that will happen. I think it's you'll get I, a bit more of the story. I think, you know, uh, uh, looking into how does Alba function as some as the next step in this mm. process? You know, yes, she has more control, but she's also she has the weight of what happened to her father on her in a way that Henry doesn't. Henry yeah. is free. Just I was going to say freeballing it, um, which he does <laughs> yeah. at many points when he's naked. Um, but he's just freewheeling it. Uh, yeah. uh, so Alba's Alba is arguably the most interesting character in this Absolutely, film. Absolutely, I agree. And of course, another interesting meaning for the word Alba. Scotland. Ooh! Scotland, Alba also means Scotland. Hell yes! Two pro-Scottish movies. No. You're shouting that at me. I, I can't do anything about it. I have no connection to Scotland. I'm sorry. Yes, Rachel McAdams. She writes it into the contracts of her films. We are pro-Scotland. Even though Mary in uh, About Time doesn't want to go to Scotland, yeah. she should. After this, we get our third montage of the film. I think our fifth or sixth today, which fast forwards really through to Alba's fifth birthday. We see a lot of time with her and her dad bonding, her and herself outside, her mother not really understanding what's happening because it's a bit weirder for her. And then we get to her fifth birthday where her dad is looking at the number five with more dread in his eyes than I've ever imagined. And it's like, it's go time. As an audience uh, member, I'm watching this and I'm like, yep, you've built this up to me now. It's, it's fifth now. birthday time. So let's let's go right now. What I thought was interesting about it was that at no point does she say it happens on her fifth birthday. She says it happens when I'm five. True, yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. like, it could be any, like, but he's he's like on the fifth birthday. He was like, I'm today, today, <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's just get out of the way. Yeah. If it's gonna happen, I'm done with these people. At <laughs> uh, that point, he catches his daughter telling herself that her dad's gonna die. He gets the information out of her and realizes that the date is approaching. And instead of doing something about it, he tells all of his friends to turn up on that day. For I assume he's at a Christmas party. Something along those lines. I think it's New Year's Eve. There's fireworks later, isn't there? I think that's. I think it's that period between Christmas and New Year, which is when he disappeared for two weeks previously, and is when his mother died. Yeah. So there's clearly a lot of trauma in that area for him, and also that gravitational pull thing that he mentions earlier about important days. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think maybe somewhere in him he's like, well, maybe if it doesn't, if I don't die today, I can come back to this moment and I can live this moment. Quite possibly, yeah. You know, it's kind of that feel to it. You know what? I bet. Henry wished he'd done when uh, he saw himself bleeding on the floor one evening in his own home and thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I could well die. Uh, and then his future daughter tells him, yeah, you do die when I uh, in my fifth year 
of existence and so he has at least a little bit of a little bit of a run up to the situation he should have probably made some friends who are paramedics oh, and yeah. invited them round wouldn't that have been good yeah. to yeah, his yeah. little soiree yeah. maybe some bandages on a side table yeah. anything why are you Henry <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen tonight? Draw a perfect outline on the ground. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. When this, this right person yeah. arrives here. You know what I'd like right here? Sutures. I'd like a pile of sutures, <laughs> a pile of stitches, and I'd like the whole shebang good to go. Tobolowski's yeah. there. The chrono doctor's there. Yeah. What good is he? You need an EMT. <laughs> <laughs> well, after a series of unfortunate jumps, Henry ends up in one that leaves him at first hypothermic, and then eventually wheelchair bound. Yeah. The hypothermic felt a bit like teasing the thing of like, I was like, oh, is this it? This oh, is no, it. it's yeah. oh, oh, it's not. This is just, just maybe it, but wrong. it's not. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So after teaching his daughter to pick locks and having a lovely Thanksgiving and Christmas period, the day is finally upon us. And Henry knows it. He thanks his best friend Gomez. Scott, how do you <laughs> feel about that? After course? over a decade of friendship, after being the Barney Rubble to his Fred Flintstone for such a long time, after being involved in his life's difficulty of this time-travelling thing, he turns to his friend Gomez Gomelowski and says to him, you've been great. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. You've been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to great. die now. Yeah. But you've been great. It's just guys being dudes. Yeah. Just... Like he's done like like he's done 30 seconds on his TV show. Gomez Gomalowski. What's his first name? Yeah, what is his first Oh, I didn't even think Yeah, because it, so he's Gomalowski, surname, uh, shortened to Gomez, nickname. But as you're about to die and you're saying goodbye to your friend of a long time, <laughs> the guy who's been in the thick of it with you as I said, you turn around to him you just go, you've been great. <laughs> Guy's 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 first name. Yeah. My guy's first name. I don't know. Donnelly, you've been a great friend. <laughs> Thanks. <Goodbye>. Dead. Thanks. <laughs> Dead. Dead. <laughs> you, you know, not good enough to become a paramedic, even though <laughs> I told you about this for so many years, Gomez. Good. You know. Well, after that, he finally tells his wife a last tearful, loving "I love you" goodbye, before he ends up yet again in the woods behind her house, in the snow, and is shot. By her hunter Republican father. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, like, only two scenes in this movie. One scene is him being the bad guy in uh, uh, Ace Ventura 2. And the other one is him being the bad guy in Jumanji. <laughs> Which I think means that he knew that it was going to be her dad that shot him, really. If he knew when the date was going to be and all this information, he probably knew and just was deliberately not letting her know. Yeah, and you as an cause... audience know it immediately because the only mention of anything remotely gun adjacent in the film is the hunting mention yeah. and then you see him shot so you put two and two together the dad's gonna shoot her i did think i remember when i first saw this years ago and even this time i could feel the 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 wondering in me of wondering like uh is the dad going to make a reappearance is there going to be a reason he shoots him is it going to be but it's just and it's kind of in the vein in 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 keeping with the spirit of henry's existence as such nope it's just a random accident you're just wrong place wrong time ironically because you you know morally this was also the wrong place and the wrong time to you for be when you were talking to young claire but uh, uh in this regard it's definitely wrong place wrong time snowy hunting shot and he's and he's gone just like that which is interesting this is a, probably the conclusion to why does he keep getting taken to that same spot mm. with this time being kind of all wibbly as it is maybe it was because he was always going to die there so he keeps going back to the place he'd die yeah. It, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It does a, beg the question. There's a lot for him there. Yeah, totally. Mm. His death, however, isn't the last time we see him. 
because he then pops up in a field four years after his death, from when he was the sprightly age of 39. I think this is supposed to be a bit of romantic service, like his wife is finally going to get some closure or whatever, but it almost feels like the opposite. She's had four years of mourning, his actual, real, genuine death, and then he just appears and is like, oh, quick hug, bye. I hated this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Fucking ruins it. I just feel like it's, you're right, James. Every time he appears, she must feel like, Oh God! You know he is still he. He will come back yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll yeah. be one more time. Be she, one can't, more time. she can't. She can't grieve. ever get over it. Yeah. And it's like it's like Tim with his dad. Yeah, isn't it? It's the same thing. But the dad and, doesn't have the the dad has the the salience, or Tim has the salience to understand. I need yeah. to move on. She isn't able to. No. She says. Uh, she says. You know. I, why didn't you tell me you would be? He says. Well, I didn't want you to wait. Well, you don't know your wife very well, then, do you, Henry? No. Because your wife is a psychopath. Yeah. Your wife, as a young child, was like, I want to marry this man, and then in the future found the man and was like I'm going to marry him let me cut his hair real short today I I wonder if she's moved there because I mean the pure chance of her being there at the time and the daughter happened to be in the field and her running from the house and And Gomez and 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 their kids are there but Gomez and I wonder if she's deliberately like like maybe after his death yeah. she moved back in with her parents while she was mourning grieving whatever maybe as a but coping mechanism years later you know yeah. i would have killed she knows. i would have killed for a scene like the best scene in uh, the curious case of benjamin button where she does move on yeah. where you know he goes back after 4 years and she's with another guy because she has moved on because she wants she needs to find love she wants to find romance she doesn't her, her story doesn't just end there and yet no we get an ending where it's like no no you are trapped in an emotional loop with a ghost yeah. or or i thought as well i think the the moment that's unpleasant about it is is that like he appears to the to the daughter and that's fine because the daughter understands the time travel situation. She's more emotionally mature than her mother somehow. Yeah. She, I would much have preferred it if the kids ran up to her in the house and she starts running through the woods, but she never gets there. And then it's like, oh, that's it. I'm never going to see him again. That's it. It's too sad. Yeah. It's too sad. I mean, it's it great. Too it's sad. great, but it, it's way, it's it's way like, too sad. I think that was how it went. And yeah. they, they watched the scene back and went, Fuck, we can't do that. That is, yeah, that yeah. is sad as shit. I, I also I thought, as I was watching it, I was like, he's going to vanish just as she gets there. And like maybe and maybe their hands almost touch. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean like. And weirdly, he reassures he her. She's like, "Where are you from?" He's like, "Oh, I'm from this time. We're doing great. Everything's great." Yeah. That's fine. No, you need the opposite. You need he. She should yeah. be the one saying, "Don't um, worry. You've been you... dead for four yeah. years. We're still great. Everything's fine." Kevin's you... in the house. New boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great shag. Big I'm, in a, on him. I'm in a throuple <laughs> Just, with yeah. Gomez and his wife. <laughs> oh right. my god! It's really weird. You should say that. In the series, she shags them both. <laughs> Gomez and Gomez Henry. And, oh, and Cassandra? What's her name? Oh, and uh, uh, Gomez's, Gomez's wife. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel She's, McAdams. Yeah. It's not her in the TV series, but it's no. in spirit. In spirit, Rachel McAdams <laughs> is fucking, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that brings us to an end of our double feature. Ooh. Wow. Oh, it feels good. Feels really it does good. Feel good. Feels really good. Honestly, really, um, we we 
you know, we picked the two movies just because it's the it's two of the Rachel McAdams time travel movies. But I had no idea going in, and even after having had this chat, I didn't know the extent to which there is there are so many similarities. But there are so many similarities with these two films. Yeah. There are so many differences that kind of buffer against one another. There's just a real. It's it feels really good watching both of these films together and and taking it all in at once. Mm. And I think I'm certainly left with some big questions to ask. Mm. I mean, primarily things like comparing the time travel, yeah. looking at looking at the which film you preferred. You know, it's. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So I think let's dive straight into what do we think about the time travel? I think that about time, talking sort of uh, in order. I think about time is a movie that is the time travel is perfectly normal perfectly quite bog standard nothing you know crazy about it you know we've seen it done in a lot of films films that we've covered films that we haven't it's all of the interactions with the father that make it interesting it's all of the little rules to do with well yeah. you have you can't travel with your son you can take Kit Kat back with you you can uh, go and visit and then you can do the kind of second jump where he, he visits his father in the past and then his, his father takes him to the past to become an even smaller boy so there's like wrinkles and interesting stuff there it's not interesting stuff that I would say is in the movie. It's almost just stuff that I uh, takeaways for me, takeaways from that type of time travel and the way they presented it. I find it quite interesting, even if I don't think they did it that interestingly. Mm. I agree. And I also think it's a slightly better time travel story than time travel, the time traveler's wife, because I understand that they basically in about time went, he can time travel. That's basically it. A couple of rules about what he can and can't do, but he can time travel. The time traveler's wife fell into the mistake of, we kind of want to try and explain it a bit yeah. and throw a bit of MacGuffin science in there. And I, I, I don't need that, really. What might add to that theory is, when I was doing a bit of background research, sort of trivia-wise, is when Richard Curtis wrote this, he just wrote a straight romantic comedy. Yeah, and do you and know somebody what? said to him, this needs something else. God, this would be such dull. a boring film yeah. if it didn't have time travel yeah. in it. It's a little bit dull. And he was like, I'll put, I'll, I've never done a time travel film. I'll do time travel. So at that point, so you can see that there, in there, there is just a bog standard romantic comedy that like would have been a mid-level like yeah. romantic yeah. comedy. But the time travel gives it another level that, that elevates it, I think, to a level that, you know... I you mean, can, in The Time Traveler's Wife... You could just have him as a soldier. It could just be Dear John. And he's just going away for indeterminate yeah. amounts of time. She's like, you were gone for two months this time. He's like, yeah, well, the job takes me here. Yeah. Job takes me there. And uh, you missed, you know, this, that. Obviously, there's the whole wrinkle with Alba and the child and all that kind of stuff. But again, you could just have had her struggling to conceive. And then they finally, you know, so there's, I get that you can easily have like the the foundation of just a romance film. And then you chuck some time travel in. And I would say that both of these do that to some extent. I said my bit about, about time being, uh, uh, you know, quite normal and it's just those little wrinkles that make it interesting after the fact i think time traveler's wife and the time travel the time travel presented is very interesting and i think it's also incredibly unique i mm. think that it's a i think time traveler's wife has become in the last how long has it been 14 years has become its own version of time travel and i i, yeah. I named it back in, in in the episode that kind of scatter shot 
time travel where, mm. yes, everything has happened and will always happen. But instead of it just being a case of you're going back on yourself and seeing these things and a lot of the time causing the things, as we saw in Los Crono and Infinite Man, I think that in Time Traveler's Wife, he's just all over the shop and yet it all connects and yet it all feeds back into itself yeah. and you have to do you can do the work I imagine the book is far more interesting for being able to turn pages and say hold on this moment is on page 58 is actually the moment from page 22 so I think I, for me personally Time Traveller's Wife the time travel much much better and much more interesting than about times but this is not me talking about the movies I think um, one thing that I, when I was Obviously, I've, I've, like I say, I've read most of the book, but I, I read a really interesting interview with the author, and she said when she wrote it, she didn't write it in order. She wrote it scattershot, like you say. Do you think she, she wrote, wrote the it... ending first, then she wrote the scene where Claire loses her virginity, and then she wrote like an early scene where she's a child and Henry comes back to yeah. her. Then, um, so I, I think. In her mind, it 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 didn't have to have a linear structure, which is why it. it you're right, Scott. It, it is unique because you. I think you could watch a lot of these moments in a different order. I don't think it would make that much of a difference because the story that's being told, the kind of through line through it, will still make sense even if they're all all over the place. Because you do sort of see it mostly from the time traveler's wife's timeline yes that's but not important. entirely no i would have loved to see either just a straight this is a chronological timeline yeah. or a we're gonna follow just his timeline mm. and see him bouncing around I w- i'd have loved to see either of yeah. those it's why the tv series is so attractive a prospect uh uh because if you just had a tv series that follows claire linearly and every episode Two, three times an episode, a different Henry pops along. And then it's your job as the viewer to, over the course of the season, work out which Henry was this. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. uh, you know, how does that feedback? And if that Henry said that, mm. but then this Henry is from a month before him in the time stream, then this Henry doesn't know about that yet. And the implications therein. I think just the the presentation of the timeline and the fact that you take this guy, just chop up where he is and how old he is and sprinkle it around her linear timeline is really really good it's yeah. a really good idea and it has it's it's stuck the test of time like 14 years later i still think it's a great idea and people still reference time traveler's wife as in like yeah. if i told you oh it's the, the plot of a film i, I watched recently yes yeah, this guy and he kind of like leaps uh, uh he's in love with someone and he leaps around you would immediately say time traveler's wife because yeah. it's it's joined at the hip with that with that strong idea in my opinion mm. i also did really like the visuals of him traveling the idea of him sort of sort of fake a bit and then I assume reappearing elsewhere um, but equally I really liked the idea in About Time of you're back in the body it's the yeah. body you had at the time Just it's essentially not even really time travel it's just sort of memory displacement yeah, yeah. it is yeah, suddenly like, gain yeah. all of the memories and therefore act differently based on the future knowledge that you have yeah in About Time you could just be sp- sending your astral form back in the past it's a bit butterfly effecty yeah exactly oh, yeah, yeah it was it is, like yeah. um in x-men days of future past they're in a terrible uh, future so they send uh uh, sh- uh shadow cats yes yeah, kitty prides they send mm. her essence back into kitty pride present day's body yeah. and say she says that you know guys i am kitty from a future even though i look like kitty from now and that yeah. is effectively yeah it's about time i think that they both have lots of merit to them i think about little facets like uh as we mentioned kit kat arriving back into present day and saying, oh, 
I'm now flooded with love for for what's his name? Jay. Jay. I'm now flooded with love for Jay. Love that. Dig that. You've you've you know you've time traveled around, and now I'm seeing effects of it. Love that. Um, mm. In the same way that you know. You as a time traveler having a, a genetic time travel thing and now you've gotten someone pregnant and they're yeah. still struggling with that. That is very interesting stuff, you know. It's stuff yeah. that yeah. I'll follow you down didn't 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 bother with. They had just a kid and the loss of yeah. a kid, and that was that. This film builds, and I I, I think that time travel wise, they are both very worthy of lots of discussion and, and they, they both managed to kind of eke out niches within the thing they presented and that if you if you stripped away some of this it would be quite samey about mm. time would be a lot like lots of other time loop films or lots of other just do over films yeah. um, whereas it manages just to give these kind of little explainers all from Bill Nighy what a guy um, and they all they all just make you feel like okay even if the film was whatever and we'll, we'll talk later on about how we feel about the films but even if the film was whatever I feel like I've been satiated time travel wise yeah agreed yeah, definitely agreed definitely well before we discuss the films then are there any more facts Adam I know you've sprinkled a few good ones in so yeah, far yeah I've got a few bits and pieces I'll go I'll go through what I had from about time first because obviously did that one first um, it was a massive hit in South Korea Interesting. Massive hit in South Korea. Three million people watched it in South Korea. One. Good luck to them. Um, and, and Great. <laughs> it's weird to... I don't know why. Good luck to them, you know? It's, yeah. yeah one of the members of that BTS pop group said one of their songs is directly uh, directly influenced by... The, by about time. That's wow. More, I mean, you. you know, really I know. Strange. I know I enough. Song it was, but I know enough to know that if BTS say that they like sweetener, sweetener sales yeah. in South Korea would go through yeah. the roof. So yeah. Um, had a twelve million dollar budget and made an eighty-seven million dollar return. Oh man, Richard Ooh. Curtis is good, isn't what's he? The, <laughs> what's the comparison for Time Traveler's Wife? Yes, um, twelve versus eighty versus. Well, oh, let, uh, let's guess. Uh, yeah. What do you do? You think Time Traveler's Wife cost more or less than About Time? Uh, more I say much more yeah. because Eric Banner's a bigger star than anyone also, and yeah. Rachel McAdams is less of a star by the time About yeah. Time comes along than when she than in 2009 IMO also the time travel in About Time is you just get in a cupboard and close your fists also true There's time yeah, traveling I'm not even, yeah. life is I'm not know. even think, yeah I'm not even thinking yeah. about budgets for production plus they spent production. no money on editing for About Time yeah. so, <laughs> so, yeah. so 12 million for About Time for the budget 39 million Oh, so four. three times the that amount. That totally Because yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think that like you're paying, you're paying Eric Banner eight million dollars. You're paying um, uh, Rachel McAdams another eight million dollars. Whereas yeah. I think Richard Curtis is probably paying uh, uh, Jimmy. Cricket. I'll be honest. Bill Nye just went. Richard wants another film. Yeah, yeah I'll do it. I guess so. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. I saw him on the street earlier on. And he said that. <laughs> I'll step in. I'll yeah, be a guy. Yeah. I'll stay he, for a he bit. wasn't paid for that cameo. He just turned up. Yeah. The worldwide gross for Time Traveler's Wife was one hundred and one point three million. Ooh, so, so actually, twenty million more. It's much. It's more, but it's, it's not more by like scale. It's yeah, not, yeah. In terms of scale, it's not that much more. So really, you know, they're kind of they're they're almost similar in terms of like where they sat. Yeah, they is, they spent twenty million more on it mm. and then didn't make more than twenty million more on it. So yeah, yeah. if I had to pitch them, I would say uh, against like our season one. About time is Palm Springs, and Time Traveler's Wife is Predestination. Yeah, that That's level not a bad of comparison. yeah, yeah that a good, like that yeah. level of quality. Yeah. And so, by the same logic that I would assume Predestination cost more than Palm Springs, which I think it did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would imagine so. So just a couple, but of both other six, bits. both very successful. Films, oh yeah, which we don't talk about a lot of the time. <laughs> no, <we don't. laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, my mother is a fan of, I believe, uh, both of these films. My wife is a big fan of the Time Traveler's Wife. 
Um, I, in fact, most people that I know like The Time Traveler's Wife or have at least seen it. And a lot of people that everyone knows about About Time, not necessarily everyone's seen it. A lot of the crowd that really liked Palm Springs would mention like have mentioned to me yeah. about time because it's just again like oh palm mm. springs time travel rom-com oh yeah time travel rom-coms they make those there's about time name yeah. others oh i can't it's just about time <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. and i guess that um i think also it helps that the book is so successful for time True. traveler's wife yeah it's yeah, yeah, huge yeah. it was such a breakthrough success interestingly um somebody else picked this film up the rights to this film up way before in fact, the book was released. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's production company. Really? Ah. Before it even released, they were just like, we're going to make this. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, well, if you just set up a nice new production company, yeah. you need good stories. And this is a great story. It's funny because I kept thinking with Time Traveler's Wife, it being from this book and this this very famous book and this very famous romance book. I kept thinking of stuff like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. And this movie is so much better than those films. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But yeah. This is a good movie that doubles as, oh, it's a good romance novel movie for the people who are into romance novel yeah. movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if I, I, my wife and I don't typically watch romance films, we both sort out and watch Time Traveler's Wife separately on different occasions yeah. and have watched it together since yeah. I, I think if you omit and not necessarily omit but if you find a way to make the the groomer thing not disappear yeah. or better or yeah. workable then you really have unavoidably a very good film mm. you know up there with just like this is just a really well, good film that uh, did well and should have done well um, just uh, the only last thing I had was I wanted to ask you to who do you think the author's choice was to play Henry? Oh, that's interesting. She wrote it. It came out in 2003? 2003. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. That's my guess. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah, shout. That's uh, not a bad shout. Because he was, he was in line uh, or to... Or Hugh Grant. Yeah, or Hugh Grant. Oh, man, yeah, imagine, yeah. The, imagine the overlapping will... coincidence yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. I will give you... Brendan Gleeson. It's, it's <laughs> one of our film club actors... Oh, Nacho Vigalondo. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, she wanted in two thousand and three. She wanted as the as the heartthrob, the love guy, the husband to the time traveler's wife, and it's someone we covered. That's a very good shout because tra- timeline wise, that really that checks right. out because yeah. he's yeah, a handsome yeah. boy in two thousand and three, and he's a heartthrob. First time I ever heard Ethan Hawke's name was on an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch when characters just name drop him as a hold all for very handsome, very famous. <laughs> oh, wow. And I, ne- I didn't right. know who he was for years. I just knew Ethan Hawke meant very handsome, handsome very boy. famous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, my God. I can't. Okay. Oh, uh, Adrian Brody? Adrian Brody. Oh, my Adrian God. Brody. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I can see him in this. Yeah, I totally, I totally because can. because Eric Banner is a heartthrob, and at this point in time, he's on his way up in his career. But so is Adrian Brody. Yeah, very true, very true. Another handsome man, a guy who, I mean, quite honestly, Adrian Brody did the jacket, and the jacket's not dissimilar to Time no, Traveler's Wife. Not really. You know, no, not there's really. a weird amount of overlap. You meet a girl when she's young. You meet a girl when she's old. You see yourself dead in the future. You know you die in the future, and you're yeah. trying to find a way to prevent it, but you know that you can't. There's a lo- a weird amount of mm. overlap in those yeah. two films and you can the weird thing is that Adrian Brody did the jacket in 2005 and then uh, unfortunately would have been I mean granted he didn't want it she uh, you said Audrey yeah. the writer wanted yeah. it but uh, she probably saw him in the jacket in 2005 and was like oh man now we're going to have to go uh, probably going to end up with an Aussie <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it though. I haven't got much more to be honest. I'm sure there's loads of stuff that I haven't. My big takeaway was that about time should be cut down by 20 minutes. Correct. My big takeaway was that Time Traveler's Wife, if you take out the troubling elements, is a very good film. While you have the troubling elements in them, is a film with a lot of good stuff with a deep, deep flaw, a really yeah, deep flaw. Absolutely. Um, and then time travel wise. I Bill Nighy is a fucking badass and um, Rachel McAdams just needs to think before she kisses a little bit, I think, Incorrect. just in terms of these boys. Incorrect. For you, Adam, she doesn't need to think no, no, a, a, a she, second at all. It doesn't all. matter. Doesn't but matter. especially when she approaches a man in his place of work, <laughs> his library, and with those big anime eyes is just like, hi, I'm the time traveler's wife. <laughs> Marry me now, my, man I don't know. My wife hated about time purely because of Rachel McAdams being, as we discussed, kind of in that manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, role. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she just, the whole time, she could not get over that it was too, like, I guess, playing up to the male audience. Just did not like it. Imagine if it had been Zoe de Chanel. Oh. In that role. <laughs> how much, uh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much she would have hated it then. I mean, I, you, you can't. It shouldn't be the case that the Rachel McAdams film, where time travel film, where she has the most agency is Doctor Strange. <laughs> that shouldn't no, you're be the right. case, you know. You're right. um, and and you know, as I said, I don't want to end on a complaining about these things. I hugely enjoyed watching both of these yeah. films. Genuinely. I liked both of them. I really yeah. did. I, did. I, did. I, did. I, did. And and I, I didn't I, think I'd like About Time, but I did like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I very pleasant. Laughed a couple times. Very charming. Too long, but get over it. Um, and and the time travel is 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 interesting. And time traveler's wife. God, I was so ready to be like, this is going to gross me out, and I'm going to hate watching it. Yeah, undeniably. Good act, great acting, great directing, great yeah. script. Engaging. Great, yeah, yeah, engaging. engaging. That's a great word, James. Yeah, yeah, very engaging. Shorter film than this, and yet I came out of it feeling like I'd watched two and a half hours of thorough drama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. completely agree with you. Okay, if we're putting these two films against each other, who are you picking as the top dog, and who are you putting in the bin? What is the better Rachel McAdams time travel film? About I... time or The Time Traveller's? wife which film now i've I've thought about this because i knew you were going to ask that question james i i based it on the film that i thought she had more time travel related stuff happening in so i said time traveler's wife and i i understand i would completely agree with that as a point i think that's a good idea if i'm going on just rachel mcadams if with the whole point is we're looking at rachel mcadams she doesn't know anything about the time travel in about time yes she has a quite a happy-go-lucky life where she kind of just gets what she wants a bit really in about time and in the time traveler's wife she doesn't so i would err on the time traveler's wife for that reason yeah and even 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 sort of straying away from the rachel mcadams of it all even just if we were doing what we always do rating and ranking films against each other as time travel films yeah I, I really, I was so prepared to come here today and for you guys both to be like, we loved About Time, we hated Time Traveller's Wife and I was going to have to be, have the unfortunate task of defending TTW and yeah. trying to, but I'm, I'm very, very uh, happy to hear it because I agree, Time Traveller's Wife is not just the better time travel film, it is a really good time travel film. Yeah, I feel like we could talk about Henry and his journey it would have slotted in so nicely compared to some of the films we talked about in season one. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. Just the just the time travel, and like you said, Scott, it is scattershot. It's all over the place. And what I think we've discovered as we've been watching, kind of like from season one, you know, going through all the movies we've been going through, 
what we are looking for all the time is unusual and unique time yeah. travel. That is it. And this, uh, there is nothing like well this. Well said, yeah. Is there? There's nothing at no, all. No, no, there's not. There's not. These these two films are similar. And mm. despite being similar, Time Traveler's Wife is very different. Absolutely. Yeah, big time, big time. And then there's nothing There's nothing else out there like those two. There's a real, so. like, thematical through route that goes through them both that you can you can pick it it's you know there there are there are moments that are very similar in both movies but time traveler's wife is just bonkers unique yeah it really is i think once you get to alba in time traveler's wife yeah it transcends to this next level of this is quite complex this is quite thorough and you aren't it's not like you're just covering bases you're, you're filling in plot holes no you actually have a real full idea here, yeah. And it's Audrey. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's not all happy endings. About time, there's a few downs here and there. Like I suppose technically, Margot Robbie doesn't have a happy ending because she doesn't get to bang him. But if you and then the sister has some issues, but ultimately, happy families at the end. Everyone chirpy. Time traveler's wife, not the same. It is rough for a lot of these characters. Yeah. Much more real for a lot of these characters. Yeah. Uh, much more difficult for them and, and just therefore objectively better. Yeah. I'd love, honestly, I'd love Henry and Tim to hang out with each other and for Henry <laughs> to sit down with them and be like, hold on, what the fuck? You mean you're not suffering? It's just easy you and mean great for you? Like, way better? Yeah. Your biggest choice in the whole film was not to have sex with Margot Robbie? How many kids did you have? Three? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Tim. It really hard for the one I've got. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Sh- sh- your Rachel has a fringe? Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we've established then that we are misery fans. <laughs> it's true, yeah. We do yeah. like a bit of misery. I've got to admit, yeah. Uh, I just uh, think misery. I just think we could have continued talking about the time traveller's wife all night. Yeah, honest to God, yeah. 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 We could have done a, easily done a normal episode on that. Yeah. Um it's almost a shame that we didn't. But I, yeah. we wouldn't. I don't think we'd have watched it if it weren't for About Time. Also, it's true, and it's nice to have the the two because I hadn't seen About Time before, and yeah. I, About Time feels like as much as we could have done just an episode on About Time, for example. I feel like it gets lost a bit in the sort of rom com time travel setup. Yeah. Uh, there are a fair other few films like About Time, whereas uh, putting it against Time Traveler's Wife really kind of makes you look at About Time in a different lens, and you get to carry some of that moral stuff through into the chat about Time Traveler's Wife. So I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and it's done a lot to recontextualize both movies for me, especially as time travel films. Oh yeah, definitely. There's you know. About Time was important in this scenario because not only is it a good film, and I did enjoy it, and I thought the time travel was good and it was well thought out, but it's been more important for me in contextualising Time Traveller's Wife. Yeah. Because having something to compare them to always shows up the differences, doesn't it? So it, like, it was so important from that respect for me. I know we like to compare films to meals. Mm. I've got a sort of comparison. It's not really a meal, but it's looking at how these are similar. I think about time is farmed salmon. It is kind of kept and constructed and it lives a neat little life, which isn't necessarily actually great for farmed salmon, but mm-hmm. you're told it is. And Time Traveller's Wife is wild caught salmon, which has had to fight for its life and had to do all the difficulties and blah, blah, blah. And the quality just shows because of that. I love that, James. That's I love that so much. On. First of all, I love salmon. Can I just say, I as someone who barely eats meat and very, very rarely eats fish, I love salmon. Yeah, salmon. I love salmon. I one of the things I didn't have any kind of meal for Time Traveler's Wife, um, but I, I one of the things I I found while I was watching about time, I was reminded of. You remember that Heston Blumenthal hot ice cream? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to, and I, and it came to me, and I was I was like thinking about 
about time being this thing that's like interesting, but not really that interesting. And it's like it's well, it's yeah. well done. Yeah. It's not it's not like anything insane. Yeah. And it's like it's cool. It's not that cool. And so like hot ice cream is like yeah yeah that, that's interesting. Yeah, you made ice cream hot. Nice. I mean it's still ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're like oh yeah, and like Hester Blumenthal, you've made it so sexily and so well. It's great. Yeah, but it's, it's still just vanilla not ice all cream. The first time. Yeah. And then okay, it's just yeah. ice cream. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Interesting, but but still, you know, come on. Where, yeah, uh, but I think the salmon analogy is really good because yeah, I great. I think that comparing uh, restrained to wild mm. is a really nice manner of saying it because time travels wife is it makes big mistakes and it takes it took a big risk that did not pay off and there are some problems there but there's also a lot of insane really good stuff there yeah. um, much like your wild salmon might be like insanely racist but taste really good, whereas. <laughs> Whereas, uh, whereas, salmon's not racist. About time. Well, you know, we haven't seen all the salmon. Um, <laughs> uh, whereas, about time. Yeah, no, it's farm court. It's there in your nice Tesco sealed packaging. The second time I mentioned Tesco on this podcast, I'm basing out where I shop so badly. Sure, sure, sure. I could have said Waitrose like I'm a gangster. You no, fucking yeah. Tesco club card, baby. Well, I mean, um, not Tory. No, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the last four mentions of Tory <laughs> haven't been from me. Seeded. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm totally in line with it. Uh, we did mention, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that at the end of uh, season one in our season review episode, we did say that we would be answering listeners' emails and listeners' questions. And we have been so overjoyed to receive what we are astonished with the amount of uh, listeners' emails and tweets and Facebook posts and questions and messages. We've received such glowing and wonderful feedback. We're very, very sort of uh, encouraged by it. We love you all. Thank you so much. We have run very long on this big bumper double episode. I don't think any of us realised how long we would be speaking about these two films. In light of that, I am uh, very happy to kind of say that we will be doing our listeners' emails and questions, but we will be doing them on our next bonus episode. Ooh, a second one. A second. I know. Don't we love a little bonus? Uh, we will be having another bonus episode just to just to keep your uh, whistles wet in between season one and season two. I think that's okay to say. You wet your whistle, so you've got to keep the whistle sure, wet. Probably not after this yeah. episode. Yeah. Well, yeah. true, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, His whistle's been wet all episode. Uh, the good thing is that gives the listeners a couple more months to give us a couple more emails, a couple more post couple more uh, uh, questions they can also send us any questions they've got about time traveler's wife and uh, and about time fantastic so we will be doing that we we still look thoroughly forward to it we will just be doing it on our next uh, wonderful bumper bonus episode until then well i've had a great time hosting this episode um Re- james yeah. i loved you hosting this episode it's so nice james. for me was, to yeah great fun it really was, good fun yeah. i thought for a special episode i'd give my boy a special treat so I thought I'd host the episode it's for true. him. It's true. You gave both of your boys it's treats. It's Rachel true. McAdams for Adam. Oh, it was such a treat uh, for I was going to say, Adam McRachel Adam for Hamza. Adam McRachel for Hamza. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Banner for Hamza. And, and with both of these films, there, there weren't a huge amount of tropes or science to go into, so it, it felt right for me to be hosting them. Oh, uh, yeah, my God. If you if we did this, we can't do this for a serious film. I'm not equipped. No. no. <laughs> um, but I, I had a really good time. Thanks very much for that, guys. And that brings us to the end of a very special bonus edition of the Time Travel Film Club. We will, of course, be back. Thank you very much for listening to us. The next bonus episode will be the Back to the Future franchise. Fucking yes! I feel so fucking alive! (laughs) Jesus! Do you think he likes this film? I think, I think, I think they may be his favourite films ever. Oh, can't wait, though. I okay. wonder who's hosting that episode. I wonder. <laughs> okay, where can the listeners find us? 
Like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club. Follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. Reddit is r slash Time Travel Film Club and our email is Time Travel Film Club at gmail.com. Time Travel Fuckboys out! <laughs> <laughs>